Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? All right, we are live. Say hi, Curry. Hi, everyone. So, so, so cool to be on here right now with you guys. Um, yeah, it's wicked. We um, obviously have been organizing this for a couple of weeks. Um, we've got a few people in, yeah. um, in chat too. So hey, everybody. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, we have been wanting to do this for a little while and we finally got it all sorted out and ready to go. Um, but welcome, everybody. Um, obviously, oh, hi, Little Insane. Um, we are the One With The Films podcast. It's our fourth episode today. And we have our special guest, Kari, here, which is a Star Wars Thea. Um, I've been following you on TikTok for ages. So I've been obsessed with your content. <laughs> Um, cause it just hits all, it scratches all the itches that I have, you know, <laughs> I get to see more like fellow, like Latinas and stuff, like making stuff. Um, and it's so cool. Hey, uh, Spencer's in chat too. How you doing, Spen? Um, but yeah, it was actually, I didn't expect to find other like Latin American creators so quickly, especially mm -hmm. ones that love Star Wars. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I sort of jumped into that category and was like, all right, let's, let's see what these people are into. I'm like, oh my God, they're also obsessed with all the people who look like us. So it's like, it, it's a fantastic community of, um, yeah, like yeah, Latina creators all over TikTok. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, why don't you tell, um, everybody just quickly a little bit on yourself, um, and where they can find you. Um, and then we'll go into a little bit again about getting to know you, um, and go from there. Okay. All right. So again, my name is Kari. Um, I am from New York City, 40 years old. So I've been a long, long Star Wars fan, long for many years, <laughs> basically since I was eight. Um, and uh, you can find me on TikTok and Twitter as, as Star Wars Tia, uh, E-S-T-A-R-G-U-A-R-S-T-I-A. And on Instagram as Kari Skywalker. Um, why Star Wars Tia? Because it's a funny play on how Spanish people pronounce Star Wars in Spanish. It's Star Wars, and then Tia means auntie. It's Star Wars. And then Tia means auntie, because um, I make this video, uh, this TikTok, basically scolding all the annoying Star Wars fans. <laughs> and so all the, like, all the Latine, um, you know, uh, people that saw it, they're like, oh my God, that's it, you're my Tia. You sound just like a Tia. I'm like, okay, so I'm the Star Wars Tia then. Yeah, like and a protective auntie, like, it's beautiful. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so, I remember, I think uh, the first time that we kind of crossed paths was with the, um, those Oruguitas edits that we both did. Oh my God. Yeah, because you did one <laughs> for, um, for Kanan and Hera, and, and I did and one for Obi-Wan and Satine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we just, it, it's epic. Um, I want to actually go back and do, um, uh, a little insane, uh, which is my girlfriend, is in chat and she mm -hmm. says that you're the dear we never had but needed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, yeah, it's absolutely right. Like, uh, there aren't a lot of uh, creators like yourself on the platform. So I, I love that. And that's why I was really excited to get you on as well. Um, so <laughs> let's jump into a little bit of our agenda here. So I wanted to start with, obviously, we cross paths through, um, like, uh, basically TikTok and talking about Star Wars. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned, obviously, you've been a Star Wars fan for a long time, so you're about eight. Um, which of those did you catch in theatres? I'm really curious. Um, well, I was already... Uh, I was, the OT came out before I was born. So, um, I, you know, I started those at home. Mm -hmm. And I actually caught... Um, Revenge of the Sith in the theaters, like mm -hmm. Phantom and everything. That would have been yeah. so good. Because <laughs> um, when, when Phantom and um, Attack of the Clones came out, I was living in Colombia. Yeah. So they really, at that moment, uh, you know, so we really, at that time, wasn't big on, like, going to movies. And yeah. they wouldn't bring in, like, you know, 
they wouldn't bring him to Colombia like that. So I didn't get to see them until I came back to the States and I saw Revenge of the Sith over here, which was, woo, I was like, I... An awakening. <laughs> yeah. I know for me, like, the, the first one that I... I didn't catch any of the original six in theatres, um, okay. which is weird because I've been a Star Wars fan since I was like five, too. Um, but <laughs> I, it happened to me in like a little TV in my parents' bedroom while they were in the other room, like, you know, doing like whatever, watching, having dinner or something. Um, and I remember that we were watching TV in my mum's room and it was this little tiny TV that was in the closet and there was an ad and it came on. It was like, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back is on tonight. And we saw the trailer and me and my brother were like, that looks really cool. So we went to <laughs> mum and dad and we're like, hey, can we stay up? Can we watch this movie? She's like, you can, but it's scary. I was like, no, no, it's like, it's spaceships. It's not scary. Five-year-old <laughs> won't be scared by this film. Um, I still remember the terror that I had when Luke goes into the uh, cave and Vader comes down yeah. the other side. And when you're a kid oh and you don't God. understand the significance of it, I was just like, Vader found him. And I cried and I ran and I didn't finish the movie. Oh, <laughs> and that was my first like introduction to Star Wars. And then <laughs> from there, it was just like, we, we same deal. I didn't get to the cinemas to see many of them. But my older brother mm -hmm. would go to school and he'd go to the school library and rent the VHS and bring it home. Oh, and we'd watch so it there. Cool. But because of that, yeah. I watched him in such a messed up order, um, like all over the place, like up until uh -huh. like I was much older is when I actually started being able to choose how to watch them and in, in, in what order. Yeah, how to watch it. Um, but I remember one of the, the greatest experiences was when The Force Awakens was coming out. Um, the Star Wars day before Force Awakens, uh, my local mm -hmm. theater did a presentation of all six films. So you did, oh, that uh, is so cool. yeah, OT on one day, prequels on the other, and I went to both yeah. days and seeing it in oh, theaters, I was like, so cool. <laughs> it was awesome. so good, yeah, um, and a great yeah, setup yeah. to take us into like Force Awakens, yeah, which is really of course. cool too. I got, I thankfully I got to, they did um for the twenty uh, fifth anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, um they you know they did a, a theater uh, showing, so I got like I was I was um what was cool about it was because I started watching the movies with my kids, so yeah. we had started okay we're gonna start by release order, so we did. You know um, the correct way hope. to watch it and the then correct way yes, to watch it. Yes. so we did a new hope and then when it was time to go do empire strikes back it was like oh they're showing in the theater which is perfect so we went to go see it oh in, that's in so movies. good it was like oh it's, it's just such a different experience when you see it in a like, big screen like that yeah. it's, it's so cool um yeah really it's cool. absolutely right and i think it, it's something that i've wanted for a long time is like theaters to bring back old films like, just, just put stuff in theaters again. Like, I don't care. Put whatever. Yeah. But I, I got an IMAX um, membership this year for, like, our IMAX theater in the city. And they mm -hmm. do heaps of that. Um, they just oh, go, all right, let's cool. put an old film. Like, I know yeah. in about two weeks, I'm going to watch the whole Dark Knight trilogy in IMAX. Oh, they were just like, yep, we're doing cool, it again. I'm cool. like, oh, yeah. yes. Um, I and know it, they don't do that. I would love that. Yeah, it's crazy. I know that. I think That's I saw so cool. that, like. Is it AMC that does... They do a lot of, like, older presentations and stuff, too. I'm not too sure. Theatres are different in the States. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, off of those, what, we've got, what, 11 films now and a bunch of series. Um, I'd love to know which one's your favourite. My favourite is Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> mm, interesting <laughs> choice. Yeah, yeah, that's my favourite out of all of them. And... Not just because, you know, I'm such a huge Anakin Vader simp. <laughs> I mean, that's a big part of it. But it's just, um, I think I fell in love with the fact that I got, that we got to see how it was that Vader fell to the dark side. 
it was such an emotional you know moment seeing him go through all of that and all that pain and and all that rage and um and but at the same time seeing the love that him and Padme had for each other at the same time so it was just such a love tragic a love and tragic story and I fell in love with that yeah it like it feels very Star Wars while differentiating itself from a lot of Star Wars like it's it's mm -hmm. it's like a uh, watching like a Shakespearean play it just yeah, like yeah 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 it is a tragedy <laughs> you're just watching a train wreck um, we've got uh, Adrastia in uh, chat saying that uh, Revenge of the Sith is their fave, but Rogue One is a very, very close second. And A Little Insane said that hers is Revenge of the Sith as well. Um, yeah. Do you find that your ranking changes a lot of the time, or is it Revenge of the Sith always first? No, Revenge of the Sith is always on top. What changes sometimes is like either my the ones on the lower, or because my favorite two after that is Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. Those switch around mm. but mostly it's Re return of the jedi because it's like the opposite end of revenge of the sith now we get raider's redemption yeah now we get the happy end like well yeah, the, know, the, the two halves ending. of the coin yes exactly exactly so i love that that um we get to see a much um obviously happier note on how uh, everything compared to how it started and um we get to see luke realize that love that Padme and Anakin had and bring it forth and save his father. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I, I totally agree. And I feel like, especially the third act of that film is like among the greatest things to ever happen in cinema. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. I definitely feel like I want, oh, I've got a visitor. Hi, baby, what you got? Oh, breakfast. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, so I feel like, especially now, with more of, like, getting more Leia and Luke content, I'm dying for something that explores them finding out about their mum. Like, yeah. I, w I would love for them yes. to know about Padme. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that in the comics, Vader's gone and sort of explored that a little bit more and, and tried to find out yeah. what happened to her and that. But... I don't know. There's there's something about it that I just feel like I want to I want to see Leia find out, and I want to yeah. see how she reacts to her lineage and knowing that her mother was a queen. Um, yeah. And not just a queen, but like the queen, like one of the most beloved yeah. queens in Naboo's history, to the point where they tried to change the constitution to keep her in. Like I know this was yeah. a hell of a woman, man. Um, and I want to see what that's like for for Leia to to really uncover that. Yeah. Especially. I mean, I know that. Some of the, uh, the the layer books, I think, explore that a lot. But yeah. I, you know, I mean, that's really cool because, like, especially um, the one that I read about her bloodlines was phenomenal. Yeah, you know, um, I've got that coming up. Really it, soon. It, it touches bloodlines, touches uh, it brings up a lot of the whole Padme and Anakin as uh, as well. But it's not, you know, like I love, I have no problem obviously with the books and this is an awesome media, but it's also, it would be amazing to see on screen, especially yeah. now that we have an actual little, you know, we have some, a little girl that can play her, you know, we could see, you know, more stories. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, know if you saw, but um, E.K. Johnston put a tweet up yesterday that blew my mind and she was like, I can't wait six years from now. Vivian's going to come back. Bryce Dallas Howard can direct it and they can adapt Princess yes, of Alderaan. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I need this. Oh my God. I need this. But you, did you see the support? Well, it's a rumor. So I don't even know how true it is about Millie, uh, Bob, Bobby, Millie Bobby Brown. That's her name. Mm -hmm. 
a girl from Stranger Things that supposedly there's something going on with Star Wars there with her. Because a lot of people have said that that she could play a you know an older Leia as well. You know, um, it, it's funny you say that too because I saw people also fan casting Mike from Stranger Things as a young Ben Solo. Uh, but yeah. I was watching Stranger Things the new season and I was like, I don't know if he's a good enough actor, to be honest. <laughs> I, I think Millie Bobby Brown could be pretty cool in Star Wars. Um, I, I feel like now that Vivian's done Leia, I don't want anybody else to portray her. Though yeah, I want to see this like, girl she... grow up with Leia. Yes, I. you know something? Yeah, you're right. And plus, because she portrayed her so fucking perfectly. I, I was... can't believe it. <sighs> and I remember, the, I think the first time I saw... That girl was in the Bird Box film. She played the little girl in Bird Box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then she also played Guppy in uh, We Can Be Heroes. <laughs> you know, the Shark Boy and Lava Girl sequel? Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. That was on Netflix. Pedro Pascal's in that as well. Um, so that was the first time yeah. they met. But she just played yeah. this little girl who didn't really say anything. It was just like a cute kid. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was like, where do I know this girl from? And I looked it up and I was like, that's where. <laughs> but it's crazy. She's been acting for ages in like big films, you know, not, not small time yeah. stuff. Um... And I, just, I couldn't believe how the second she was on screen, I was just like instantly in, in love and instantly like obsessed with her. I was just like, how are you so, so perfect? This is ridiculous. And then you get the fear of how are people going to react to her? And then the we need to protect her, which is where the, the Dia comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I mean, with, with reason, because you saw how, you know, some of these fans acted, uh, Oh, yeah. her annoying. Like, did, oh, why is she so annoying? She's because a kid. Bro. First of all, she's a little kid, and second of all, she's Leia. Like, she is a smart little ass kid. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Exactly. It's like Anakin was annoying and frustrating to deal with. I'm sure Padme bugged a lot of people as well. They were like, just, just let the war happen. And she's like, no, I'm gonna fly here. And I'm gonna stop it. And they're like, bruh, we just want an army. Like. <laughs> she's a perfect um and kenobi tied that perfectly at the end too where it's oh man that fucked me up man <laughs> uh, yeah i i was i well the whole finale i was a whole total mess yeah like, those key moments uh when kenobi uh, came and did that i was like oh no yeah he just killed me right now <laughs> uh a little insane says she's just perfect even the smallest mannerisms she did so well um, and yeah, I think that one of the things that endeared me to her the most is I was like, this is like Carrie Fisher was reborn into a child. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. I don't know how she got it so right, but even the way she moves and just the way she walks around, like, you know, she's very stuck up like this and she walks and I'm just like, yes. oh, oh she's a little God, princess. So <laughs> um, but then, then we got to give credit to Deborah Chowder too, because I'm yeah. sure she directed the hell out of her, instructed her, you know, a lot of about how she should act and, and yeah. stuff that she should do. Absolutely. And I'm sure that um yeah. that there was a lot with you and too where he was able to act against her and kind of go, Hey, here's mm-hmm. what I'm feeling, here's what you're thinking. Like that's I know yeah, that yeah, um yeah. <laughs> they did that a lot with uh when they were filming in the like the original sorry, the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um you yeah. and, and Hayden both talked about how they would like talk to the kids on set and like give them tips yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh yeah. Spencer says Princess Leia Organa. I've watched it three times and it gets me every time. And oh. Ever since, um, like, we lost Carrie, um, her theme song, it just, it, nothing beats it. it. I love a lot of Star Wars music, but for mm-hmm. whatever reason, I went and watched, a, a, like, a local 
orchestra play the Star Wars suite, and they played Leia's theme. And in all honesty, they weren't great. You know, they were all just people who had their own mm-hmm. instruments at home, and they were like, okay, let's do mm-hmm. an orchestra, and they did. And it was basically free. It was like a charity event. Uh-huh. Yeah. The second... <laughs> the second <laughs> it started, I was a fucking mess. It's just everywhere. I'm looking at my girlfriend next to me and I say, I don't understand why it does this to me. Um, it's such a beautiful, beautiful theme song. Oh and God. the it second is. that, you know, even in The Last Jedi, when I saw her there, every time she's on screen, I'm just like, it just, it breaks my heart. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's wonderful. Um, so your favourite film, obviously, like we said, Revenge of the Sith, and then you've got Empire, sorry, Return of the Jedi and Empire, and those tend to mm-hmm. swap a little bit. Like I was saying, for me, mm-hmm. mine swap a lot. Like over the years, <laughs> I've had Empire as my favourite, and then I've had Last Jedi as my mm-hmm. favourite, and then I've had um, Return of, sorry, Revenge of the Sith quite a bit. Um, but it's crazy how like other media changes your thoughts. Like I think mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith was about fourth or fifth on my ranking. I was like, it's good, but like the other films are just like better made. And then going back mm-hmm. around and, and re-experiencing Clone Wars and reading the books and getting into, like, the psyche of these characters, I can't yeah. watch Revenge of the Sith without crying through the whole thing now. Even, like, little things, like, at the start, with, like, the way that Anakin and anime talk to each other... Anime. <laughs> and Padme <laughs> talk to each <laughs> other when they, teacher. like... Yeah. When, when she's pregnant and she's, like, terrified mm-hmm. and she's looking and I'm like, is she terrified that they're gonna be found out? Or is she kind of scared of how Anakin's going to react? You know, Clone Wars gives us a yeah, 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 a bit yeah. more like insight into their relationship. So much more, yeah, contact yeah, into yeah, her. Yeah, which in some know, aspects, yeah. you know, he Anakin's a little toxic. You know, he's a little, <laughs> a little bit controlling. <laughs> yeah, um, just... but you get to see. But um, that's why I love Brotherhood. Once you finish that book, you, I, that book just like. Yeah, completely just like blew my mind concerning Anakin, um, when their relate and his relationship with you know anybody, everybody in his life. Yeah, I'm really excited too. Especially, I was, I was trying to finish it before um, um, Kenobi, but I didn't get a chance to. Sorry. Yeah, can. yeah. No, no, no. Just gonna say that um, you're gonna see it. Especially, I don't know if you how far you've read in. There's this little um, paddle uh, initiate called Millie, I believe it is. I haven't met her yet. Okay. You, you, you'll see. You'll just oh, remember no. that little. All right, I'll remember. You'll I'll message you as soon as I get there. I guess. Let me know because you are going to be like, oh my God, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you have to go to the oh, dark side? No. You could have been so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this book is absolutely beautiful. It delves so much more. It's very intimate. Um, it, it like delves very intimately into Obi's psyche. Anakin psyche and and their relationship with each other and yeah. how Anakin sees himself, how Obi Wan sees himself concerning you know everybody else in his life. So it's it's really beautiful. Um, have you I read Master and Apprentice? Not I, I started it. I haven't finished it because I've been like all these other books have been coming out and stuff. I was like, Ugh. but I, I yeah. I'm gonna finish it. That's my problem because I now have summer. you know I have this pile behind me of like thousands of dollars oh of books that are on my yeah. TBR. And I, I've i got more content coming out too. Like I'm, I'm going, all right, I want to start Brotherhood, but also in three days, Shadow of the Sith comes out. And that looks dope. It's like Luke Skywalker and Lando hunting for Palpatine yeah. on Exegol. Like, that sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> but I think that, did you read um, Queen's Hope? Not yet. I've got the trilogy, but I haven't read them. Okay, because so, Queen's Hope, 
it's you'll see but if you whenever you read it because queen's cope ties into brotherhood then i'm thinking that maybe brotherhood because i don't know if you read the excerpt for shadow of the sith one of the excerpts I did. that came out yeah the first one with yeah <laughs> so if we have that maybe we're gonna get more anakin stuff too yeah um now i think there were some rumors that he's and, gonna show up in the ahsoka series and i'm like yeah i'm here for well, it well hayden kind of kind of did a tom holland there yeah. and gave a little bit out so yeah i think so because that's what and then because everybody's speculating because how you see how his hair is long right now yeah like he's letting it grow out yeah so but um yeah because that the thing is that high republic consumed like my whole fucking time because I, I wanted to catch as soon as yeah. i read that first book i was like that's it i'm hooked See, that and was I, my I, problem. I, I, I read Light of the Jedi and I was hooked and I was like, all right, next book. But then I was also like, okay, just contextually, there's other stuff I need to read. Because, like, High Republic's not going to be spoiled by Kenobi, but I want to... And I'm yeah, excited yeah, yeah, to, especially yeah. after Brotherhood, go back and rewatch Kenobi and get into that. But Master and Apprentice was also fantastic for exploring the side of, like, Qui-Gon and, um, yeah. and Obi-Wan. And it gave me a lot mm-hmm. of insight into their, like, relationship, especially in the early days of um mm-hmm. of them training together because yeah very similar to like obi-wan and anakin where they had kind of these struggles training together qui-gon and obi-wan had the same thing um where they were yeah. just like it wasn't working and at mm-hmm. the point where the book starts qui-gon's actually considering giving up obi-wan and going look we're just we're not yeah, a good yeah, fit yeah. um yeah and it's insane to watch that relationship develop and that book gave me tears a few times too i, I finished it yesterday last night <laughs> oh you did yeah and i was just like oh no it just yeah, it's too much. Um, but transitioning to the next point here, obviously we talked favorite films. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we have a few Star Wars series as well, and you have animation and live action series. Um, but I'm curious as to which one of those has your heart. Rebels. Rebels. Rebels absolutely, absolutely has it for me. I love that. Um, and that's above Rebels. all live action, animation, everything series. That's your best. No, 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 no. When no, 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 no. Like that. I, like, I separated, I don't know, like, I think right now, everything, shows and movie included, probably Kenobi is on top of everything right now. I love right that, now. yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to shows, Rebels is definitely my favorite. Mm. Um, I loved, no, Clone Wars was amazing, of course. Um, but what I loved about, about Rebels was that, first of all, it gave us brand new characters uh, that we didn't, you know, we know. The stakes, we the stakes are very them. high. Yes, very high. Um, we got to see them grow. We didn't know what their story was going to be because we, you know, we didn't have any other, uh, anything before this uh, for us to be like, oh, okay, well, I know what's going to happen. So everything's fine. Um, we got some of the best, I guess, if you want to call it like, you know, master and Padawan relationship. We've seen it with um, how how they grew together, uh, Kanan and um, Ezra. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't really get that in any of the other, in, 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 in the movies, you know? Yeah. Um, seeing a Padawan and Master relationship like that. And my favorite, one of my favorite topics in Star Wars is Force lore. And Rebels gave us so much yeah. of that. Oh my God. It, 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 we, we, beautiful Force moments uh, yeah. that, that we got. We got to learn so much more um, there. That's something that Kanan, I love a lot as well. The, the idea that... Mm-hmm. We don't know everything about the Force. So, for example, when new films come out and new Force powers happen, I look at that and I go, 
oh my god this is awesome i have no idea but then you obviously have some people who come through and go well that breaks canon that doesn't exist and i'm like guys guys in in episode five you couldn't pull stuff all right just let the movie do its thing the force can do anything okay it can do anything it's always going to remain a mystery the force is always going to have things we're going to be forever learning about the force like it's going to be never ending um but i loved how they did they gave us the bendu which is He's like the so cool. and stuff. Oh my god, that was so cool. Yeah. And, um, Adrastia um, says that, that Rebels is underrated and it's their favorite as well. Ben Do, the Loth yeah. Wolves, World Between Worlds. It's so cool. <laughs> oh my god, the World Between Worlds was so insane. I, I completely love it. That's why Mortis arc in the Clone Wars is my favorite arc. Oh, it's so Mortis good. Arc. Um, I <clears> love, <throat> yeah, seeing okay. all of that stuff and then seeing that tie into the World Between Worlds arc and I was like, oh! The son and daughter. Oh my I, god! This is so genius. It was so yeah. good. Oh my god. Um, I know that. Um, yeah, like I said, Force lore is, is massive for me too. So I love seeing that side of the world. Um, mm-hmm. is that the Midnight in the background? Yes, it is Spencer. I've got an instrumental version of the Midnight playing because they made their music <laughs> uh, available to stream. You can use it as much as you want. You don't get any copyright claims. Wicked. I'm glad you know them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also found that. Rebels was cheeky because it was coming out the same time that the sequel trilogy was. And in huh? re-watching it and seeing how the seasons line up with everything, like I think season two came out just before episode seven and then season okay. three, sorry, yeah, season three came out and then season four came out and then that tied into Last Jedi. I'm like, okay. there are aspects of Rebels that tie into the films like they knew what was coming you know for example the mm-hmm. cross guard lightsaber and things like that yeah, and yeah. those force connections yeah. and even things like in rebels see excuse me seeing kanan step out of the ship without a helmet on and survive in space for like you know a, a couple mm-hmm. of minutes and then yeah, you yeah, go to last yeah. jedi and leia does that and, and people are like yeah. well that doesn't happen in star wars and you're like mm, it actually did about three weeks ago on tv <laughs> shut up <laughs> But see, for me, I didn't experience it like that. Like, I, the reason why I saw Clone Wars and Rebels was because of COVID. Yeah. Like, I had never, um, I had left, like, I always loved Star Wars, but I had left, like, the fandom and stuff. I wasn't really involved like that until COVID. COVID, obviously, I had all the time in the world because, you know, my job had to close down and stuff. Of course, yeah. So I was like, and then um, The Mandalorian was going to come out, right? And everybody was like, oh, you guys, I was like, oh, shoot. I, I started hear, like, reading how there was going to be some characters there that I didn't know about. So I was like, you know what? Let me go get acquainted. Let me go watch. I'm going to do a whole rewatch of the whole thing, starting with the movie. So I saw, you know, um, I started everything in chronological order this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, episode one, episode two. Then I did the Clone Wars. Then I did episode three. Then I did, you know, the... Uh, I, like how it's the, how they say that you're supposed to watch it. Then I watched, yeah. I think, like a new hope, and then I saw Rebels, and then and so my first experience with Clone Wars and Rebels, I I did the whole thing all at once. Like I saw That's Clone so Wars amazing. in like two weeks, yeah, and then I saw Rebels in like a week, and <laughs> oh my god, I was like so enthralled. I was like, I am in love again. Like yeah. holy shit, this is amazing. I think people know? don't give um like Star Wars animation enough credit. It like. As much as, you know, you've got things like Mandalorian and the movies coming back, mm-hmm. like, the Clone Wars in particular, um, like, mm-hmm. created a love for the prequels that just mm-hmm. 
honestly didn't really exist beforehand. Like I grew up with the prequels mm-hmm. and I loved them too. Yeah. But like in the back of my mind, I was still always like, you know, oh, everybody hates these movies. So like, I have to hate them too. You know, even though I loved oh, okay, them. Yeah. I was like, I love Phantom Menace. Yeah. Darth Maul has been my favorite villain forever. First collectible yeah. I ever bought was a Darth Maul, like force effects lightsaber. And then I've got a crazy expensive statue out there of him. And you would have seen the skull I got for my birthday because all my friends know that yeah, I yeah, love yeah. Maul. So, like, yeah. I was obsessed. And then there's, like, this one of my favourite comics that took place before Disney mm-hmm. bought it, and that was the first way he came back. Um, yeah. He just, he's so cool. And Clone Wars did this thing for me where, like, I was able to talk about the prequels and people also talked about it in the same way now where they were like, oh, yeah, I love mm-hmm. it. It ties into this and... I'm really excited for the sequels to get like additional contextualization. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I feel like honestly the reaction to the sequels is pretty similar to the reaction to the prequels. You've got people who love them and are growing up with the sequels now. And then you've got people mm-hmm. who are just refusing to yeah. accept it, um, that they're good. Oh, yeah, um, but absolutely. I feel like the more content we get in that era, the better they're going to get. Um, mm-hmm. Well, even little things like the books now, like I heard this, I got a book called Resistance Reborn, um, which takes place between 8 and 9. And it's basically how the Rebels get from being broken at the end of 8 to Mm. being a working Rebels again at the start of 9. And it introduces all the new characters. And then, you know, you go back and watch Rise of Skywalker and all those characters die. And Mm. you're sad now because you know them and you love them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just feel like I'm really excited to have that experience with the sequels. I already love them. But they're is a lot of space for stories that could be really, mm-hmm. really cool. And if they did oh, it in I animation... Yeah. Like, I I'd love some stuff agree. leading like, up to Episode 7. Like, that'd be, like, not, not like, closer to Episode 7 than Episode 6. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. No, 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 definitely. Um, That's what Bloodlines did for me concerning the sequels. Because Bloodlines is basically right when the First Order... How the First Order starts... And how the resistance started. I think um, I saw that. So, is, is Holder a character in Bloodlines too? Admiral Holder, the purple head lady. Uh not yet. I don't think so. I think I saw not that she yet. was in no. one of the layer books, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool," because they actually have a relationship outside of the movies. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't remember honestly. I, if she did, it was a small, gotcha. but it wasn't like a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but cause, because I, I, I'm. I'm not the biggest fan of the sequels. I'm mm. not. I have, you know, I, I, there's things, of course, that I like from each yeah, one. Yeah, of course. Force Awakens is my, like, out of the three is the one that I like the most. But mm. it's not, like, I'm not super big on that. But Bloodlines, reading Bloodlines, completely made it. And uh, much, like, okay, now I understand more about sequels and stuff. And so it's now I can enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah. And because it's, like, what you said is right. Like, I think if I would have seen, if I would have, we would have seen how the, the the story of how the First Order came to be, like where the hell did they come from, yeah. and how the Resistance started and stuff. I think I would have, me personally, I would have enjoyed the sequels more when I first saw them. Yeah, I think it's you're absolutely that, right. You I, know, I don't and think I, that anybody yeah. disagrees with that stuff, too. Like, most of mm-hmm. people's um, sort of, yeah, like, issues with the sequels stem from, like, it's just, there's stuff that we don't know, and they don't mm-hmm. do a good job of explaining it. And mm-hmm. so you watch a movie basically blind. And yeah, I absolutely agree. Like yeah. it just, um, it's really interesting to see how, how the books and how all that stuff ties together will expand those movies mm-hmm. as they come. And I hope that it brings more love for them at some point too. Um, yeah, yeah. No, of course, me too. I, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I definitely, uh, my first time watching Rebels, I struggled with it. So I love that, that your experience mm -hmm. for it was like this awesome, like connected piece. And my little yeah, brother Yeah, because everything is... was together, so. Yeah. Like, you know. And my little brother is currently introducing his girlfriend to Star Wars. She's never seen anything. And they're introducing okay. it in like that watch order. So four, five, six, and then, you know, mm -hmm. one, two, three, but with Rebels and Clone Wars and... Um, okay. And they're watching, what is it, like obviously A New Hope and Solo and all that stuff in between as well. So she's watching mm -hmm. everything for the first time. And I'm so envious because I wish that like I could have watched one, two, then Clone Wars, then episode three, yeah. and have yeah, all yeah. of that tied that way. It would have been so cool. Um, um, that would have been awesome. But for me, Rebels came at a time where like I was very angry at Star Wars. Because <laughs> Disney had just bought Star Wars, and the first thing they did uh -huh. is like, oh, Clone Wars just had like the greatest season on TV ever. Let's cancel uh -huh. it. And it just gone. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like... Two weeks ago, I was crying on my couch because of what happened at the end of season five. And yeah. now I'm doing the same thing because I'm never going to see these characters again. Um, so when that happened, and then they were like, they, they started doing a, 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 it was trending on Twitter for ages. It was called Save the Clone Wars, a hashtag. And mm -hmm. all of us were just like, you know, hundreds of thousands of uh, signatures on a thing telling people, hey, bring it back. And Disney just put out this like stupid letter going, oh, hey, guys, thank you so much. We really appreciate the love for Clone Wars. We're moving in a new direction. Thank you. Bye. Like, basically, they shut up. Shut up. It's okay. And I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. And then Rebels came out, and it was a completely different animation style, different kind of story, and, like, I mm -hmm. had this internal bias that I just I wasn't able to get over. I was like, I hate this. I can't believe they took away my baby and they gave me this instead. <laughs> Annoying Aladdin here. Like, what's going on? <laughs> so I struggled with it a lot. Um, I still watched it from a distance. I think I watched season one, and I was I liked it a bit more in season two when it tied in my Clone Wars characters mm -hmm. since I was a baby. Um, but then I kind of watched season three and four from a distance. I was like, uh, like I don't really care. I don't care. Um, and then mm -hmm. I came back and watched the finale. But getting my girlfriend into Star Wars, we saw all the movies, and then we came back and, and watched Clone Wars, which she actually put in the chat there too. We finished Clone Wars in like mm -hmm. two weeks and Rebels in like two weeks as well. <laughs> uh -huh. but we watched all the Clone Wars, and then I was like, all right, do we do, do we do Rebels? Because I was like, I don't want to make her not like it because I didn't like it. And then I was mm -hmm, like, nah. And mm -hmm. I think uh, JJ's videos got me into it a lot because she talked about Rebels heaps. And I was like, I didn't understand how much people liked this show. And I was like, why? Mm -hmm. This is shit. <laughs> so I went back and I'm watching people talk about it and they're talking about the themes of like found family and like trying to overcome your personal demons. And I was like, okay. I've got to figure this out. So I put all of my biases away. I was like, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. Like Clone Wars doesn't exist. I'm just going in and mm -hmm. I'm going to see what Rebels is like for Rebels. My God, Kari. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did not expect to love the show as much as I did. And even I'm finding myself crying at like random points to like season two and three where I'm just like, you know, uh, Zeb and, um, and what's his name? I can't think off the top Alice? of my head. Yeah, Zeb and Callus on the moon. And I love seeing uh -huh. how they use the visual storytelling to show us how Callus views Zeb. He spends a whole episode telling him, you know, you don't need this. You don't need family. You need order. You need everything needs yeah. to be uh -huh. in place. And then he sees Zeb go onto the ship with his family. And they're just giving a hug. Oh, we're so glad you're okay, Zeb. Oh, we missed you so much. My, my brother, so good to see you. And then the Empire comes and picks up Callus, And they take him back and home. And he just walks through and like nobody cares. 
he's no just thing. like okay hi okay whatever yeah You're here. and he sits down at his desk <laughs> and he's just like and i'm like yeah he's gone we got him yeah uh marley what's going on man um but yeah like especially heading into the end as well and funnily enough watching jedi knight while knowing what happens hurt more than watching it and seeing it as a shock for the first time because the first time i saw it i was like oh sick that's crazy can't believe that happened the second time watching the build-up seeing uh the relationship develop in the few episodes beforehand i'm crying all the way through season four for reasons i can't (laughs) understand because i'm so invested in these characters now and my girlfriend's just sitting there like hmm interesting interesting and then yeah we're both a mess when when it happened (laughs) (laughs) i I couldn't believe it and yeah so i love that show so much more now um than i ever imagined i would have yeah i yeah that that jedi i think that's that show gave me one of the most painful deaths i've ever experienced because yeah. i remember i was like i was when and then that episode when jet kanan loses his sabers i'm like oh no they're not gonna do that yeah. I, like you already get a sense because he's already like pre- like you see him preparing himself and like you see him more calm and more like you know what it's, whatever happens happens uh, uh, yes yes yeah and then he loses his sabers i'm like you're not gonna do this to me right now but yeah I, even if you know that it might be coming i would have never expected that that's how he went you yeah. know so yeah i feel the like there was a lot of mentality of to... sorry please continue no 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 that i was gonna say that it reminded me of how when you are completely in tune with the force you are so powerful like we got to see that with kanan when he stopped that explosion and we got to see that with obi-wan when he did the whole rock thing (laughs) um in master apprentice they go into a uh an ability that qui-gon used which is like uh, that basically he enters a meditative state before he fights so like you know in phantom Mm -hmm. menace when he sits down he's calm He's, he's centering himself and then he's letting himself be guided by the force in the fight and you mm-hmm. see like obi-wan trying to learn that technique and what sort of comes of that and it's so yeah. cool um uh, they talk about how yeah they feel time slow down and they see everything mm-hmm. happen and they're just like hold up okay let's go and then that's why they're so good at blocking blaster fire and stuff because yeah yeah, yeah. they can see it it's all running in slow motion it's so cool um a little insane said she loved chopper and droids are her favorite and she loves how much more mandalorian stuff we got because she loves mandalorians yeah my first time i didn't like chopper i was like droids aren't like this this is stupid the second time i was like i love him i love him so much he's so my little murder droid yes (laughs) i'm a little war criminal I love. It's just, it's just hilarious because he in canon he has over fifty thousand kills. I'm like, chapter <laughs> That's amazing. I had no oh idea. Um, yeah. Would you say that he's, he's up like there with your favorite droids? Kills. Well, R two still top for me, but Chopper is like right there. Chopper is like R two is my overall, and then R chop. I mean, R two is my overall, and then Chopper's is like my favorite. You know badass little yeah droid. yeah 100 oh my god it's the chaotic energy a little insane says yeah absolutely. Uh, which yeah absolutely. absolutely get i love um and his pettiness he's so yeah petty. i love it <laughs> and it's dave filoni's voice no it's so funny i when i found out i thought it was hilarious have you seen those videos on youtube where people translate what he's saying yes um yes. and he actually <laughs> says some pretty messed up stuff 
It's it's crazy. <laughs> um, but I love. I, love it. I, love I feel it. like Star Wars gives us like so much to love, and among that is like droids. There's so many cool droids um, that you just fall in love with, and then they die. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I just... heard somebody say that basically the droids in Star Wars are like dogs in the real world. That mm. it hurts more when you see a little like dog or animal die. Yeah, because it's like they're not usually doing anything wrong, right? They're just yeah, like K2SO, just pain the whole time. <laughs> Freaking Roger Rogers yeah. in, in the prequels because they're so. I mean, they, I know they're with the bad, like in the bad with the bad guys or whatever, but they're so dumb. Yeah, and it's like they're so cute too, though. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's like somebody's definitely <laughs> sabotaged their processing chips or something. Yes. I, like, I don't understand yes. how they ended up being so dumb, <laughs> but I do love them. And then yeah, we got Ned B in um, Kenobi, which just. Oh my god. <laughs> My poor Ned B. Yeah. I loved how... I didn't see enough people talking about it. I want to make videos about it. His... Like, the way he just punched that stormtrooper through the pile of other stormtroopers. When that happened, I was he like... He just left. Oh. Oh. Um, like, like, everybody was saying, like, you know, yeah, it's actions speak louder than words. Like, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they showed that did. very clearly. Um, and obviously oh. we have Andor coming up, and I think Adrastia says they're hoping to see more K2SO in Andor, which I'd love to see too. I think I remember when they announced the series, they also said um, that K2SO wasn't going to show up, uh, at least like in the first season. And I was like, hold up. Yeah. This is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see... <laughs> but I could also... I think the trailer kind of gives the impression that we might see some different timelines as well, like, you know, young, teenage, yeah, young yeah, adult, yeah. which would be really yeah. cool. I love that kind of stuff. Um, which should be dark. No, but it's cool. I mean, it's cool because if if them if they're gonna give us more seasons, then I understand why K K two is all coming later. You know? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm down for. I mean, I just I think that it would be a crime to not see him again. <sighs> no, we have to because I want to see how he got you know him to like deprogram him and program him again to like yeah. now fight for the for the rebels and stuff. So absolutely. Um, well, it's probably a good time to segue into Kenobi then and talk a little bit about the, the finale. Um, oh. I watched your um, reaction videos. <laughs> oh my God. Very entertaining. My meltdown videos. Meltdown videos, yeah. Um, I felt like I was crying a lot during the, that finale, but I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it with like these happy tears and sad tears and I look over at my girlfriend <laughs> and this poor girl... <laughs> She was oh ruined. God. Just tears <laughs> all down her face, sitting there in like a little ball, crying. Oh my it god, just, my poor girl. <laughs> oh, it was just too much, and it just—it was like it was almost like watching Endgame in a sense, where like you know all this build up for things to get everything I wanted, you know. Yeah. And I saw yeah. some people talking about how it's just like you know useless fan service, whatever. I'm like, I don't agree, but also the fan service aspect is fantastic. Like, there's nothing wrong with fan service. You should service the fans. Fan service, like, but fan service how? And then, and if it was fan service, it was fan service that served the purpose. Exactly. Like, there was a reason for it. It yeah. wasn't just for it to just be there. Yeah. You know? I feel like a lot of people hold like new Star Wars to like to a standard that they don't hold the originals to. Like we talk about mm -hmm. like continuity errors and stuff. People are out here being yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, Kenobi, why did he get out of the thing and he's wet? And it's like, okay, we could say that it's a homage to A New Hope, which it definitely yeah. is. But it, even it so, was. nobody out here is being like, oh, you know, Luke should be covered in garbage and smell. And the Princess Leia, why would she want to like kiss him or anything? Like, because they were in garbage. Like, 
he's exactly. going to smell. Like, if you really want to go through Star Wars with a fine-tooth comb, you'll find a lot of continuity issues. Find you'll find a lot of things that don't Absolutely. line up. And I, f- I was talking to my little brother about this yesterday. I was saying that, like, there's this... Um, this mentality that's going through the fandom at the moment where, like, obviously some people want it to be perfect, and it's not perfect. But then a lo- the reaction a lot of the time is, like, Star Wars has always been bad. And I'm like, hold the phone. <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> is perfect in its goofiness. Um, and its goofiness. I yeah, because I feel like... It's, it's Star Wars has always it. been campy like that and silly. Yeah, like, it camp, I, silly, these the things, things are, like... about it. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the Star Wars, and I love that. And every single movie has had that. Yeah, like and we, I, we've, we've seen that every single movie, so... Yeah, you're exactly right. And, like, I feel that if you go back and think about, all right, why did George Lucas make Star Wars? Um, the original story, to my understanding, is he wanted to make Flash Gordon. And he was like, mm-hmm. you know, Flash Gordon has... Uh, basically, it's the same thing, you know? Swashbuckling space cowboy film. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I want to make it. And they were like, well, you're not getting the rights. We're not giving you the rights of Flash Gordon. He was like, okay, well, fuck you. I'll make my own Flash Gordon. <laughs> and <laughs> voila, Star Wars. Um, he even... I watched Flash Gordon years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't realize the text crawl came from that. Like, it oh, ripped really? straight yeah. out. You watch yeah, it at the start. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, um, yeah. that sound that Kari made on TikTok that... Is it perfect one? That's what they're talking about. You know what they're saying? Is it perfect? No. (laughs) Leave me alone. (laughs) You have fans in chat. Look at that. Um, But (laughs) it's, yeah, yeah, you're right on the money. I feel like the enjoyment should come first before you go through it with a fine-tooth comb. And yes, it should be open to criticism. We should be able to talk about stuff that Mm -hmm. we could have done better. And maybe we can talk about a little bit of that when we do our discussion on the series in a bit. But that being said, why would you let that take away from your enjoyment? Enjoy what's there. Um, and there was so much good with Kenobi that, like, I'm not even focused on the stuff that was, like, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. Um, I thought it was, yeah, really, really fantastic. Um, so on the finale, obviously we open up, um, and I think you would have seen, I think you did a video on it too, talking about how all of the episodes line up with the Star Wars episodes and they have like mm-hmm, references mm-hmm. and you really start yeah, to yeah, see the Return of the Jedi yeah. connections here which is yeah, really yeah. really cool and Spencer did a video on this um, which actually opened my eyes a lot because I like to read and watch bad reviews I know it's not good mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. I like seeing people talk shit about the stuff I love because like it makes me feel stronger in my resolve because I watch it and I'm like <laughs> you're, you're wrong you're so wrong <laughs> I sit there and I yell at my phone the other day I watched like a 20 minute video on why Bad Batch is garbage and I was like, nope, nah, this person's wrong, they don't get it, this is peak Star Wars, yeah. Um, garbage? Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, he was like, this is not good, it's all filler, and I'm like, okay, cool, you don't get it, that's fine, I understand you don't get it, but that's all good. Um, but, what was I saying, I lost my own train of thought. Um, the connections oh, to Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a thing that, that, that Spencer put up in one of his videos that really blew my mind, and... One of the reviewers I watched was saying that Kenobi fails to justify its existence because, um, you know, there's basically a line in Return of the Jedi where Vader says to Luke, Obi-Wan once thought as you do, and Obi-Wan in the series never tried to turn Anakin back, so did he ever think as Luke? And Spencer did this thing where he said um, that it's a lot more involved than just Anakin, come back to the good side where Vader's basically looking at Luke and the decisions he made that led him up to that moment, and he's not going, 
hmm, Obi-Wan tried to turn me once. He's going, yeah. son, you remind me of Obi-Wan. Of which Obi-Wan. is so much more beautiful than yeah. just like a throwaway line. And then you think about how episode six ties into part six of Kenobi. It's, mm-hmm. you can see that. that He made the same decisions to get him to fight Vader and, you know, inevitably beat him, which, oh man, yeah. what a fight. What did you think of that fight sequence? Oh my god. <laughs> it was I absolutely love that um we saw how much Obi-Wan had just completely gained his you know his motivation, his 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 self-esteem back, his resolve back and uh I think simply with him just doing his original pose that right there just showed how much co- like his confidence had come taken. Yeah, he was like, I got back. this. I can do it. Oh, my God. I will do it what was, I must. And it was, yes, I will do what I must. And it's just beautiful. To, it, it was a beautiful choreography. Mm. Two of the most amazing, basically, Force users just going at each other. It's, it, it, oh, my God. It was breathtaking for sure. I also love how, I think, earlier in the series with the first fight, some people were complaining that Vader looked a little bit rigid. You know, he doesn't move too much. And you know, oh, yeah, he's in a suit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But um, he, in the finale, it's like a different beast. It's like he's, the, both of them have woken up and they're back in their peak form. Mm-hmm. And they go at it. And watching Vader move the way that he moves in the finale, oh it's like God. terrifying. Because you look at him, and I feel like for the longest time, especially from the original trilogy... Vader moved slowly. He was a powerhouse. Yeah. He wasn't like, yeah. you know, we go and see Count Dooku in, you know, the prequels, and he's like this uh, chef cutting away at things individually, one hand <laughs> behind the back, I'm going to stop you there, boom, 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 boom. He's just so <laughs> finessed. And Vader was just like, yeah. I'm going to overpower you because you can't beat me. Um, mm-hmm. And being able to watch him still have the ability to go toe-to-toe with one of the greatest swordsmen who ever lived was fantastic. Um, it was super, super cool. I thought the choreography was really, really cool as well. And yeah. I love how um, technology has improved the way we see lightsabers on screen. Like, obviously, it started mm-hmm. with the sequels a little bit too, where they had, like, the Force effects lightsabers or whatever, like, yeah, the, the Neo yeah. pixels that light up the screen. Mm-hmm. And it makes them feel real. It makes them feel like they actually have a lightsaber on screen, and it's so, so cool. Um, and I love that she, they, they chose that planet, that darker uh, planet, Oh, it could just be, you know, it, it was very symbolic. Yeah. The, the, the really thing that we could see was just red and blue. Yeah. And you could really see how the lightsabers were moving. Because in Mustafa, it was really cool, but... There's a lot just, going you know, on. Obviously, it was a lot going on. And then we had the lava that was super bright, you know? Mm. So, but now here we have, and we could see exactly how they're moving their lightsabers. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, it was beautiful. I think an and interesting I thing about the... Sorry, about that you said how, that people are complaining that Vader was very rigid in the first fight. He he had no reason to do any crazy movements because Obi was not fighting back. You know, he didn't have to defend himself. He didn't have to do anything crazy because he there was nothing crazy coming at him. When in this this final fight, now you know he has to put in that work yeah. because now he's getting you know the same level of intensity back. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think that, um, and again, I feel like if it was a movie or the series was released all in one go, it would have got less flack um, because 
you know, it's that idea that mm-hmm. just just wait to cast judgment on a series. Yeah. Like you don't have yeah. the answer. You don't have the answer doesn't mean it's bad, right? Like it's if we finish the series and they don't answer any questions, fine, cool, let's talk about plot holes. Yeah. That didn't happen. I think it closed up yeah. the series in a really nice bow tie. It really did. And it didn't really thing. leave anything to we... go. Yeah, it doesn't tie in or missed. Yeah, like the thing is that I think a lot of the formula with the shows because of streaming has changed where we just don't get a show that's just episodic, you know, like just episode per episode. Now, a lot of these shows is a whole continuous story. Like Mandalorian is more episodic, you know, like we get something different going on every episode, even though there is a main storyline, but there's also just different things happening in each episode. You know, so we that way we can be like, all right, well, this happened this yeah. this episode. I kind of like that. This over here, something different happened. Okay, I don't like this. But when it comes to like Kenobi or like let's say Stranger Things shows like that, you have to wait for the whole thing to play out before you can, like you said, like yeah. because it's a full story. It's yeah. not something that is just you know just different things happening in each episode. Yeah, you're or right. Different stories. And I think that there's um. Like, there's a really good place for both of those stories in, obviously, any kind of universe, but particularly Star Wars. I love how mm-hmm. um, how we get, again, some episodic stuff. Like, Bad Batch does that, where you can basically watch any episode whenever you want, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. But and that's cool, yeah. I know that the same thing happened with most of the, the series that are coming out over six episodes. People were like, oh, you know, the Marvel mm-hmm. TV shows, they have, like, bad pacing, blah, yes. blah. And I'm like, okay, I understand that there are some parts of it that are slower, but they've kind of always been marketed as a six-hour movie. And so you've got to kind of look mm-hmm. at it as, you know, first two episodes, act one. Second two episodes, act two. Yeah, Everybody's out here going, you nothing go. happens until episode three or four. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, because yes, that's, that's a movie. That's how movie. <laughs> yeah. Funnily like, enough. Like, look at Moon Knight. Oh, my God. Yeah. One of the things that I'm experiencing at the moment with, obviously, a lot of reading is I've only just gotten back into books. And mm-hmm. there is, especially with the Star Wars books, what I've read so far, Basically, there is a story through the whole book, right? You have things. But, like, in terms of the climactic moment, it usually doesn't happen until, like, the last, like, two, three chapters. It's all build-up. Um, and even in, like, Master and Apprentice, like, the, the bulk of the story is in the last two chapters, three chapters. But that's basically any book. The, the climatic stuff, you don't... It doesn't happen to us towards the yeah, end. Anything, think, everything gets resolved at the end of everything. You yeah, know? and think like Game of Thrones. Obviously, the first season's based on the first book. Again, most of the climactic stuff happens there. You do get some moments in between, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. same deal. I remember when the show came out and a bunch of people that I've talked to, have you watched Game of Thrones? Like, I tried first two, three episodes, couldn't get into it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's teaching you about stuff. Just watch more and you'll like it. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Joey Licious says the best six episode series ever is Spartacus Gods of the Arena. <laughs> Have you seen that? No, what is that? Spartacus is awesome. Um, it's wildly violent and filled with a lot of brutal content of all kinds. Um, but it is one of the coolest series ever. Um, while also being like, it's super like stylized as well. So you watch it and mm-hmm. you know, they'll, you know, you know, like 300, the movie 300. Yeah, yeah, It's like yeah. that kind of style in a show. Okay. So, like, you know, they cut somebody and the big trails of blood everywhere and it's bad CGI and it's all over the place. <laughs> um, a Little Insane asked if you've seen The Last Airbender. Oh, I think I'm losing I have you. the show or the movie? <laughs> <laughs> what movie? Wait, no. That's Avatar. Never mind. Yeah. 
So, um, no, that's no, no they, there was a Last Airbender movie, it. but that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. So you haven't <laughs> no, seen I, the Last Airbender series? Harry, what are you doing? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I feel like, especially based on what you told me about like Rebels and that, I feel like that would be right up your alley. Like it's, it's same sort of deal. No, I, I have it there, like. One of the, I know that that's one of the shows that, but is that we have we have been bombarded with so many current shows and stuff, and it's like it's hard because one thing after the other, one show yeah. after the other, one show after the other. Like right now, I have Umbrella Academy to hmm. start, and then we're gonna have Stranger Things. What next week or in, or in the week yeah, after in a week. already? We still have Miss Marvel, so it's like oh my god, it's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, Last Airbender is one of my favorite shows of all time, and um. That's where Dave Filoni got a lot of his start, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I want to watch because I know that's him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's definitely yeah. something I've got I'm interested in. It on DVD twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then I got it again on a steelbook. And then over here, I've got like five comics that are all based on the series, too. Like, it just. And yeah, they're saying that as well. Like, it's, it's hilarious. It's great to watch with the kids. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. pure art. It really yeah. is. Um, and in no, terms and of. I do want to watch it. Because I know they're doing the um, live action now. Yeah. Right? So I that that's one of the reasons. I do want to watch it so I could be prepared for the live action. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see, like, I guess, yeah, what kind of content you make as well based on it too. Like, obviously, those watch <laughs> I don't know if you've seen, mm -hmm. but there's a, like, a trend on TikTok at the moment where people haven't seen Star Wars and they're just watching it for the first time. I think they saw all yeah, the discourse. Yeah, yeah. So people are out here mm -hmm. being like, I'm watching Star Wars for the first time. Here's my reaction. And... Part of me is like, oh, sick, we're getting new fans into the fandom. And the other part is like, mm -hmm. okay, have you not seen it? <laughs> or do you know everything and you're just pretending you haven't for likes and follows? Yeah, yeah. Everything is fake. It's all a game, Curry. <laughs> um, like, have you really? <laughs> yeah. But coming back to the Kenobi finale as well, I think Jaden was mm -hmm. saying in chat, he said that um, it should be okay for people to... Um, not like or not enjoy a Star Wars project, but it's never okay to diminish other people's enjoyment, which I think is exactly right. Like, it'd be unfair mm -hmm. to expect everybody to like everything, right? Like, it's just to not like going to be the way. Of course. And Absolutely. they're going to make different things for different audiences. Like, I think there is a Star Wars show coming out, either it's just started, but it's like a show on YouTube, Kids, and it's about like a. It's, yeah, it's for kids. And there were people actually complaining, like, what is this? What, what, was, the, what was the reason for making this? Uh, it's yeah. for little kids. It's not for you. Don't watch it. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Like, and I, I mean, I want to watch it anyway because Star Wars know, daycare sounds great. <laughs> Have you seen how cute they are? <clears throat> oh my yeah. God, they're so adorable. So but I feel like, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't be taking other people's enjoyment away. If somebody likes something, you should never be coming in and going like, well, you're wrong for liking it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's interesting seeing how the fandom has kind of adapted over the, the years, where you see some people where, you know, they came in and they were like, oh, guys, you have to respect opinions, all right? Like, you can't just not respect an opinion. And now, whenever mm -hmm. I see somebody about to, like, say something stupid, they say, I respect your opinion, but... And it's like, okay, <laughs> you're, you're learning wrong because you're not... <laughs> you're not actually yeah. respecting the opinion. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, sometimes it's as simple as, I didn't ask, so <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't yeah. need your opinion. If you don't want, yeah. if, like, if you don't like what I'm doing, go away, go somewhere else. Um, yes. But yeah, I think that that's a massive part. Like, there's going to be stuff that relates to some people better than others, and there's going to be um, stuff that's obviously just going to relate to everyone. And the biggest thing is going to be yeah. if you can find enjoyment out of everything, awesome. If you can't, that's fine too. But 
that's no Don't excuse for you to go into yes and... exactly going into somebody's video and just being like um oh you're wrong or this is stupid or whatever and you would have seen when i made that layer video um a few weeks mm -hmm. ago uh, talking about how emotional i was when i saw like mm -hmm. how everything tied in yeah and honestly i was terrified putting that up because i'm gonna get roasted by fanboys <laughs> And then I, I put it, and a lot of people were really, really positive, and, like, it was great. So many people were like, I love this. This is great. Like, I love seeing how emotional it makes you. It's so good. <laughs> every now and then, because it's still popping off, every now and then somebody comments on it and is like, this is stupid. You're stupid. You're reading into this too much. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm reading into this too much? You're not reading into this enough. Every, the best stories in Star Wars happen in here, baby. Not on the screen. <laughs> it's how I connect the dots that make it for how, me. And how you connect to a story. Like, yeah. you know, everybody connects differently and their emotion, uh, how they feel about it and stuff. And it means different things to different people. Yeah. And I know that, like, for example, Mark Hamill was talking about in, like, the original trilogy, where some people, um, you know, in their headcanon, like, Luke wasn't straight. <laughs> Which, watching it back again... I can see it. I understand why people would think that. <laughs> he's a sassy, sassy man. He walks around with his hand on his hip, and I'm just like, Luke. Yes. <laughs> but the and and people asked him. They said to Mark Hamill, you know, like to me, Luke was was gay. Like, do you see? And he's like, he can be that. Like, it's not answered in the series. So like, it's <laughs> whatever you want it to be. Star Wars should be what you want. And I'm like, yeah. yes, yes, gets it. Have you seen the picture of Mark and Hamill in like the gold disco gear? Yes, yes, I have. Oh my god, it's awesome. Chanel Boots Skywalker. That's a Adrastia calls him. Um, so yeah, I feel like Star Wars is and should be open to interpretation, and your interpretation yeah. should never be shut down by somebody else. If you find that a character Absolutely. means something to you because of something you saw in it, you're right. Mm -hmm. You saw it, mm -hmm. so it exists. Um, yes. And that's one of the most beautiful things. Like, I find that I... I yeah. I found myself relating to uh, Sabine a lot when watching Rebels for a second time. Mm -hmm. And I don't mm -hmm. have the same struggles as her, you know? Like, my family loves me. But for whatever mm -hmm. reason, there are elements of um, of her in that series that I just, like, I watch and I'm just like, oof, I don't know why this just, like, it hits my heart so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and thinking about, like, Kanan and Ezra's relationship again, like, I, I feel like it parallels Obi-Wan and Anakin's a little bit. In the sense that you mm -hmm. have uh, a trainee or an apprentice given to a master who wasn't ready to be a master. Um, and it's beautiful seeing how they try and overcome that together. And because they're yeah. not kind of bound by the laws of the and Jedi, the order, yes. it worked out better. Like It, it did. It, it, it did. Even Ezra, when he's going did. through like his pattern of falling, you know, he's going a bit dark and in the end, they were able to come out the other side because he saw where it led. He understood. Mm -hmm. I feel like with Anakin, they were like, no, don't ask about that. Shut up. Don't talk. Listen. With Ezra, it was like he had the opportunity to explore and understand and realize yeah. and where he wanted to with, be. And not only Kanan was teaching him, he had a whole, you know, mm. group, nuclear family that he was learning from. Each person taught him something. Yeah. You know, he was surrounded by all that. And it kind of connects back into like his first lightsaber where it's built and it's a piece of all of them. Um, actually, I love that <laughs> yeah. scene where they're just sitting there like, he's been working on that thing for weeks. Um, and he's like, oh, <laughs> I gave him this. I gave him this. And I'm just like, oh, 
I love that <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh. But um, coming back to Kenobi, um, one of the things that I loved on that was they finally used some legacy music. So we got to hear okay, yeah. original um, like music mm-hmm. from basically everything we had previously. Um, I, yeah. I genuinely really like what Natalie Holt was doing with the score in the series. Mm-hmm. I found that like, and I mean, a lot of people were like, why are you using the Imperial March? But I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, cool. They could use the Imperial March. They could, right? But I like how when they're in Imperial areas, she's created a score that is like influenced by the Imperial March. You can still hear it in there. As she's walking, yeah. you hear that. And it's like, it's inspired. It's 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 there yeah. and it's enough. And it's similar to watching something like Rogue One, where you don't have John Williams, but you have Michael Giacchino who did the score, and he mm-hmm. has all these influences from Star Wars in there. So it sounds familiar while also being different, mm-hmm. which is what you kind of need. Which is and it's also just indicative of a build up again. Mm. They're building up to You're absolutely right. That, yeah. You know? Yeah. Because we finally get it in episode six. Yeah. And we get it at the exact moment that it should play, which is when Vader now is Vader. Vader yeah, you know? I think that's a really Not interesting point. Um, because originally in episode four, my understanding is like the Force theme was Obi-Wan's theme. It wasn't just the Force theme. Mm-hmm. And then that adapted mm-hmm. over time and context changed it. But thinking about that and going, all right, the first time we saw him, we heard this theme, whatever. And then going, we don't hear that theme at all until the end when he's really become Obi-Wan again and he's ready to... Like, and then you hear it, and I'm like, Obi-Wan's back! Okay! It makes sense, and I love that. Yeah. And same deal. Yeah. I feel like this series was an awakening for Princess Leia. She wasn't Princess Leia. She was a princess, and her name was Leia. But yes. while she was a similar character, I feel like seeing Tala and asking her, hey, is it hard? Like, is it difficult to lie and, and be this and be that? She learnt from these That's people. Right and when he sits there and talks with her and goes, by the way... Like, you are going to be the greatest thing that ever happened in this galaxy. Um, <laughs> she really realizes in that moment. Like, I feel like that would tie into Princess of Alderaan fantastically. It would tie yeah. into her episode yeah. in Rebels. She's only 15 in Rebels. Yeah. Um, it it's only, only a few years past this. Um, but it was, it was just crazy to think that this, what happened to her, is what shaped her. Mm. Is what That was a defining moment of who she decided she wanted to be. Yeah. And we see that at the end with the way she's dressed now. She's not just a little princess now with cute little shoes and getting dressed by other people. No, I'm dressing myself. Yeah. I'm badass. I need these boots because I'm ready to fight, you know. And seeing that people out there needed help, she wasn't this little sheltered girl anymore. Because basically, up until that point, she was just sheltered the whole time. Never even left planet. She didn't know what was going on in the universe. Yeah. Um, and you could see that she was she was longing for that too, and it's it's a good parallel to like Ray in episode seven too, mm-hmm. um, where oh, yeah. she even she used the mm-hmm. same like the mind trick the same way that Kylo used it she used it on Kylo, mm-hmm. um, but I love that mentality like Ray looking up at the ships going like hmm I wonder what life is like anywhere else oh my god yeah and that, that's something that's only just clicked for me now <laughs> I gotta write that mm-hmm. down make videos about it later but yes, yes. I love how. Um, it it also adds context to the sequels in the sense of, you know, we understand now why she called her son Ben. Which, originally, I remember I heard the name Ben and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know why they called him Ben, but I guess that's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's like, I understand. I, I get it. Like, I... there was the, the, you know, and you know something? Throughout 
and the discourse throughout those the, the the during the time that the sequel, it was always like, why would she name him Ben? She never knew him. The one that knew him was Luke. Yeah, that was always the discourse that I heard. And now it's like, well, there you go. <coughs> now you know why. Yeah. Also, that her lightsaber has a similar look to Obi Wan's saber too, and that it was intentional. Did you see the prop makers on Twitter say that? Um, which I like how it's not necessarily something that was planned, right? When they built that lightsaber, mm -hmm. they probably weren't like, oh, she's taking influence from Obi-Wan because they, they went on a yeah. trip, right? They were just like, that looks cool. Let's put it together. And then it just, it comes full circle. Um, and a little insane is saying that she also feels that with Omega. So like baby Leia and Omega both remind her of Rey a lot and they have like some interesting parallels, yeah. which I agree. Yeah. I think that that's, I, I love it. I just love it. <laughs> And I, I love that, how that, that Star Wars continuously of tells its they're story. They're doing that on purpose, so yeah. the, everything is—they're connecting everything now. Yeah. So you could see that everybody has similar story. All these, all these new, all these characters have similar stories, and you know, and it's not. And we can see that. Um, I guess they just want to make sure that people are not gonna be complaining because, oh, why did she do it? Well, yeah. now we see that almost everybody else is going through the same thing. It's not just this one person, mm. you know. Yeah, um, and I feel like it also kind of gives the impression that, like, for example, obviously think about The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, right? Last Jedi came out mm -hmm. and a lot of people didn't like that film, right? And that's okay. But because mm -hmm. of that, Disney seemed to kind of like change the trajectory and Rise of Skywalker feels like a course correct, which is yes. why... A mm -hmm. lot of people don't like it that much. Where I think mm -hmm. that the discourse has continuously been whether I liked or didn't like The Last Jedi, if they'd continued that story in 9, 9 would have been better. Which mm -hmm. I think is fair. I think it's totally fair. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I like that they've kind of learnt from that a little bit. And now it seems like they're sticking to their guns a bit more. Where mm -hmm. every story that's coming out, yeah, cool, they're not focusing on the sequels too much, which is okay for now. But everything that they're doing is honoring what they've done. Like, even going back yeah. to Clone Wars Season 7, um, yeah. the, the final arc has so many parallels to, like, current new canon, um, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. just really cool. And then, obviously, Obi-Wan's yeah. doing that again, too. And every show that's coming out is going, yep, we're honoring everything before, but we're not forgetting yes. about what comes after. And it's mm -hmm. now going to, you mm -hmm. know, with time, improve that to hopefully make I mean, it a story that even some people that don't like it as much end up enjoying it more. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you know? Yeah. Of course. Like, do we see that also? And because, you know, with the people that, oh, they're reconning the sequels. Um, obviously, Bad Bash is showing us that that's not going to happen. Yep. Oh, even Obi-Wan, when we see all those Jedi in the, in the tomb, we could speculate that they have them there too because they're experimenting mm -hmm. for the whole clone thing. We see that in Mandalorian as well with the whole when they find that cloning uh, facility and stuff. Like the. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, so, it feels like, you know, people were saying uh, that, uh, yeah, obviously they're retconning the sequels or blah, blah, whatever. John Favreau and Dave Filoni taking over, they don't like it. Um, so they're just going to do something different. They're going to use the mm -hmm. world between worlds and create an alternate universe. Oh and I'm my like, God. <laughs> there's one guy on YouTube. I don't even want to say his name because, like, I don't want to send anybody there, but literally, I swear he just makes up news. I went there the other day and I was like, I'm going to look at what this guy's doing lately. He did this video and it was like, oh, guys, Ewan McGregor was not happy with Kathleen Kennedy and the Obi-Wan Kenobi. She wanted to do this, this, and this, and he wanted to do this, and they didn't. So now they're angry at each other. And I'm like, where's your source, bro? I, I, Where is I, your source? I, I saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I, I didn't understand the, the block. I blocked so many of these stupid ass freaking uh, pages and stuff because it's like it pops up. Yeah. Like on my, oh, you know, suggestions or something. I'm like, no, nah, bro. This is yeah, not it's like, oh, I you like Star be. Wars? Go to somebody who doesn't. <laughs> Um, I find that, <laughs> yeah, I put myself in a difficult position a lot of the time because when people don't like the things I like, I struggle to not take it personally. Because, yeah, and I mean, it depends on the people, right? Sometimes I'll show people stuff and yeah. they're like, meh, but I'm like, yeah. then some people are like, they give you the impression that you're stupid for liking something. And I hate that. So I feel the need mm-hmm. to like show people and have them understand that, Hey, there's a reason why I enjoy this. If you don't enjoy it, yeah. that's fine. But yeah. I'm not being paid by Disney. <laughs> like I oh understand, God. I have like, a pretty decent understanding me? of um, <laughs> of what I'm looking at and what it means, and yeah. so there's reasons for what I like. Um, yeah, Adrastia says the source is trust me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> trust me, bro. <laughs> um, I, I think I made a video similar to that um, recently too, where I said something stupid. Um, oh, what was it? Oh, it was it about the gonk droid? or something, um, but it was a video about mm-hmm. something happening in Star Wars, and I was like, oh yeah, so like I actually have a friend who has a friend, who has a brother, who has a dad, who has a sister, whose mum works at Lucasfilm, and they told me. So if you don't believe me, you're <laughs> stupid, and you're wrong. I think somebody actually commented and was like, what? And like, what do you mean? How do you have this person? And I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> Whoosh! <laughs> Sarcasm? Like, yeah. a disclaimer here? <laughs> yeah. Um, TikTok's hilarious. Oh, um, it's like the greatest and worst place. And I love that sometimes people yeah. will like grab a video and just like not watch the whole thing and just comment straight mm-hmm. away. Um, yes. and I just, yes. coming back to them, I'm like, did you watch the video? And then half an hour later, <laughs> the comments gone. <laughs> I'm like, ah, there it is. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, it's mental. Um, and then we end up moving into sort of like the series as a whole, right? Cause obviously the finale episode mm-hmm. covers a lot of really beautiful moments, but I think that the series gave a lot, um, to enjoy, like a lot of really cool stuff, be it from, um, I loved the perspective, uh, that the show gave us where it kind of dialed back the action a little bit and really focused on mm-hmm. the relationships. I know Deborah Chow mm-hmm. was talking about how she wanted to create a love story. Um, mm-hmm. and particularly in like episodes three and four, you really start to feel like the tension in the romance. <laughs> yes. Um, it's like a, it's like a breakup story, um, which I found really interesting. Um, yeah. Give me a little bit of your thoughts on, I guess, sort of the series as a whole. Like what, what things do you kind of look at that you enjoyed kind of above everything else? Well, I think one of the main things that I enjoyed about the series was because, um, and I said this before, like, I always loved Obi-Wan, of course, he's always been a cool character, I loved him, he was like, you know, funny and sassy and gorgeous and all that stuff, but I never really very connected gorgeous. with he him. Very gorgeous, he was very gorgeous. Yes, yeah. <laughs> beautiful. But I never really connected with him because to me he was like very, kind of, he was being, trying to be too much poster boy Jedi Council, mm. um, poster boy for the Jedi Council, like, oh, we follow orders and you know, no attachments. And he does, he really bottled in his emotions and his feelings. Hello there. That, well, if we're just going by, you know, the shows and, and the movies and stuff, yeah. right? Like, you don't, you don't see him, like, even when Satine died, like, you just see him sad at the moment, but then we don't see him mourning after that, you know? Yeah. Like, we don't see him, that inner struggle, that inner pain that he's going through. And we know that he is. Yeah. Obviously, he's gone, he's gone through so much, but we don't, see that like we see it with anakin we see anakin fucking going through everything you know they didn't have that connection with him 
until like the first episode. And I see him down in the rut, like completely destroyed. I'm like, Obi-Wan, you're my boy. I can finally yeah. relate to you. Um, I can finally, you know, feel because I've been there where you are. I, I, I know what you're feeling, you know? Yeah. I think it's interesting that you say that too, because I feel like a lot of the time these characters are put on a pedestal and mm-hmm. it's hard to relate to characters on a pedestal. Like you relate to characters yeah. in trauma. <laughs> Um, yes. Also, what you were telling your um, your explanation true. there as well, we got a follow. Um, Suhalia uh, followed us as well. Um, oh, Suhalia, so, hi, honey. Yeah, I think she's come over from TikTok as well. Um, yes, 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 she's awesome. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, but yeah, um, I think that well, I relate to. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, lighting. Um, the, what was I saying? Uh, well, yeah, we relate to characters who are struggling. And for me, that was one of the things that I really enjoy about, for example, The Last Jedi is, like, I love Luke in the original trilogy, but Mm -hmm. he's just Mm -hmm. Luke. He's just a thing that's there. And I felt like Last Jedi tried to make him a character. And for some people that worked, for some Mm -hmm. people it didn't, which is fine. But for me, I found it really interesting to go, okay, like, what does it mean to this character to be a Jedi? Like, why does mm-hmm. he not want that anymore? Um, and there's a lot of really interesting stuff to explore there, which I still feel like there's mm-hmm. more story that could have been told there, but it sucks we lost him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. But I also find that so beautiful too, like that final shot where he's looking at the twin sun setting. Oh, just, yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So I love, yeah, seeing characters struggle. And I agree with you. I think that for me, Thinking about it, I've always loved Obi-Wan. Like, I've never not loved him. Mm-hmm. But the point you mentioned mm-hmm. about him being quite, like, rigid, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, have I ever related to Obi-Wan? And I think you're right. Like, I haven't really. I've always just been like, he's cool. He's a cool guy. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And in Clone Wars, I think we get a little bit more because we get to see some of the depths that mm-hmm. he ends up in. But you're right. When, mm-hmm. when we see him and we meet him for the first time here, it's, it's a different Obi-Wan, and it's an interesting Obi-Wan. Um, because we get yeah. to consider what's been happening for you for the last 10 years. And I think one of the things that mm-hmm. I really like is how the show kind of subtly uh, gives us that information. So, for example, early on, he's talking to Owen and he's saying, you know, mm-hmm. when the time comes, he must be trained. I need to train the boy. And I'm looking at Obi-Wan and I'm like, bitch, you're not ready to train <laughs> no boy. <laughs> Are you just going to go two for two and ruin two kids? Of at course all, Owen yeah. is looking at you and going, uh, no, I'm not letting you kill another no. Skywalker. Why would he? This man and is not broken. Only that, like, I think at this point, Obi thinks that that's all he's good for. Yeah. Because, you know, you already know he's feeling guilt and, and, and you know, and self-pity because it's like, I'm responsible for all of it. I'm not, I didn't do, I failed everyone. I failed, you know, everything. And it's like, well, at least that he thinks that the the least that he could do for Luke is just at least train him when if, if he you know once he starts showing the force thing, like at least guide him that way. Yeah, like, he thinks that's the only thing he's good for at this point. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and he kind of forgets that he's kind of like the light of hope, um, and he has the opportunity to do a lot um, for the galaxy mm-hmm. still. Um, yeah. But uh, another thing that I like there too is thinking about uh, Kenobi and sort of where his headspace is at. It's like you said, I think a lot of people really don't consider how much uh, Obi-Wan blames himself for everything. And I think you see that in the finale. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah. But all of it is just... Um, I think Obi-Wan is falling into his duty, but he isn't ready to train anyone, is what they said in chat. 
Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I think it's right. And I think you got it right on the money. Like, he doesn't feel like he has any self-worth outside of that. And even then, he's, again, he's not ready. Um, and he's so not I love, ready. Yeah. yeah, I love seeing that side of him. Because um, I wonder, had he taken on Luke at that point, where would we have ended up? What would we have gotten? What sort of Luke would we have had? Maybe there's a Star Wars what-if story in the future where he doesn't go to save Leia, and Leia dies, and he mm-hmm. goes, he's like, I'm going to train Luke, I'm going to do it now. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's just... That side of Obi-Wan is is unseen before then, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, again, mm-hmm. we got a little bit of it in Clone Wars with everything happening uh, on Mandalore, mm-hmm. but you don't get enough time with it. If there was another yeah. four episodes directly after that, that went into, you know, I think there's a book that does, it's a story from his point of view directly mm-hmm. after that happens. Mm-hmm. And it talks about him, you know, almost struggling to fall to the dark side because yeah. he's just like so, yeah. so broken. And yeah. um, I'm sure you follow her as well, but like um, Beth, Mara J. Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, with, oh my God. Did that Her videos also like. I me mean, so into Obi-Wan leading up to freaking Kenobi. Yeah. This woman changed my life. <laughs> um, because I just, I, again, I always loved Obi-Wan, but like I don't think I understood him that much. I don't think I did. And seeing her series on, you know, sad Obi-Wan quotes and how much he, like all of this just hurts so much more. I'm talking to my mate yes. the other day and I messaged him and he said, oh man, the Obi-Wan Kenobi file, it was amazing. And I'm like, dude, how much did you cry? And his response back was, Definitely not as much as you would have, <laughs> but I did. And I'm like, the fuck is that supposed to mean? Like, what are you? And he's like, bro, come on. It's not an insult. You've been reading and watching and you know all the backstory. So I know what you were thinking when he was crying. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm a baby. I d- um, brotherhood did that for me. Oh I, my God. Bro. I'm Definitely so excited. Brotherhood got me when, when that, when they would, that point when he started crying, he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for all of it. <sighs> Just took me back to, that's why it hit me the hardest too, because it's like, you go back to the relationship that they had, which was just so intimate between both of them. It yeah. was just not brother and two brothers or, you know, father figure and son figure. It was just so much more than that. There was a true connection there. Yeah. Almost diet. You know, well, that's something that's really interesting at the moment. That that conversation I find um, where people are talking about how they are almost a forced diet, um, mm-hmm. which I kind of like that idea a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like if that's kind of where they ended up going, like I wouldn't hate it. I really wouldn't. Yeah. I'd be like, mm, all right, cool. Um, but um, my girlfriend just had her copy of Brotherhood delivered as well. So I was talking with her about us maybe mm-hmm. like reading through it together. So maybe I do a thing where like mm-hmm. we read a chapter each and then sit and break it down and then do another chapter and sit and break it down mm-hmm. so we can both cry oh, together about that. everything. Maybe yes. that'd be cool. Because, yes. um, yeah, I just... Are you talking about Brotherhood? Yeah, Brotherhood. Which, and you could do that because each chapter is... Different POV, right? Different POVs. So yeah, because I read, I think, the opening and then like two chapters and I had one Anakin and one Obi-Wan. Yeah, so it's Obi-Wan is um, Anakin, then it's one of the other main characters. Um, I don't know if you've been uh, if you're there the yet. She, okay, all right. There's another character that they also do her po- uh, point of view, and then there's the little initiate, Millie, which they also do her point of view. Chapter. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm really yeah. keen to get into that. Um, I definitely, yeah, yeah. we're going to start it this week because, yeah, I finished the Master and Apprentice mm-hmm. now, so I'm free. Um, yeah. But I usually listen to audiobooks on my drives to work because I have long drives. 
Um, mm -hmm. And so that was great for Master and Apprentice. I just listened to that on the way. Um, yeah. And then I get home and I keep reading in the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't have an audiobook for Brotherhood, which is going to make that harder. So we'll read that at home. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that particularly that first episode of Kenobi where we're just trying to figure out, is this important enough? Is he going to go? Um, I found really, really engaging. Um, and I love that final shot in the first episode. He just kind of lifts the thing up and you see the lightsaber and he's like... like mm. That you can see that's the start of his journey back to yeah. being, you know, the Jedi that he's, that he's always been, that he yeah. was before. And that's the thing. Um, I think that also parallels of how... Because Jedi is always supposed to be ready to help everyone at any moment in mm. time, right? And then you just see how how low he's fallen that he's not even following that code anymore and like at all like because mm. he was like bill was like i need your help he's like i can't do it i'm sorry that's like very non-jedi behavior for him you know yeah and i find that obviously at the end of episode three yoda said i've got training for you you know i'm going to teach you how to communicate with qui-gon and i like that potentially an aspect that furthered him down the rabbit hole spiraled him lower is that for those 10 years, he was definitely training to learn how to communicate with Qui-Gon, but it wasn't working. And so not only that, does he have the weight of the world on his shoulders, but he's going, I need, I need someone to talk to. And who does he have? No one. No like one. he doesn't have anyone. I'm surprised no he didn't one. end up becoming a serial killer or something. Like he just. I, and that probably like put him even more depressed. He's like, dude, what am I doing wrong? What What is it that I'm doing or not doing? And that made him probably feel even more worthless. Like, yeah. I'm so worthless that I can't even communicate with my father. Like, yeah. like, in 10 years, I haven't been able to communicate with my master. Thinking about it now, he could even have like a mentality that like, maybe Qui-Gon doesn't want to talk to me. Maybe I failed Qui-Gon and that's why and, he's not coming out. And then, the, uh, what about that mentality? Oh I'm blowing my own mind right now. Oh my god! <laughs> no, no, no. It, 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 it's a, it, it's all of that. It mm. is all of that that has weighed on him. He, he was thinking a million things about himself. Yeah. A million bad things about himself for sure. Yeah, and a little insane says, "I like to think that Luke and Leia gave him that hope too. I love seeing that when he was trapped." Um, yeah, oh, when no, he was thinking about was the kids. Definitely. No, it was definitely Luke and Leia, especially yeah. Leia, that brought him back. Yeah, you're right. And I love that... Um, I feel like a Jedi is at his strongest when he's fighting for someone else. And Because that's, that's, who, that's who they are. They're yeah. supposed to give themselves for somebody else. And part of me thinks that, you know, at the start of Episode 6 of Kenobi, or Part 6, it feels very much like, yes, Obi-Wan wants to go and fight, but he's pretty confident he's going to lose. All he's doing mm -hmm. is just like, let them get away. Yes. But then at the point... Yeah. If he lost, he would have been okay with it. He would have been like, all right, I did my duty. I'm good. I can let go. Again, parallel to A New Hope. He was ready to let go. Also parallel to Kanan. Yes. He came out of that cave ready. So, you know what? I'm letting go. I know something... He felt something was going to happen, but he was okay with it. He yeah. He was okay. Because yeah. it was saving his family. Exactly. And I think that that shows a lot as well when obviously he's covered in the rocks and Adrastia says that I like to think it's his love for them that made him so connected to the Force and gave him that power, which I'd agree. Because there's no doubt that the Jedi of the current age are very different to the Jedi of even 100 years ago. Like the High Republic Jedi are so cool and they have this connection mm -hmm. to the Force that we've never seen before by Absolutely. showing so much like love and sharing that. 
Um, because I think Anakin puts it really good in Attack of the Clones, where he says, attachment is forbidden, but we're encouraged to love. Um, yes. Which is beautiful. It's a beautiful little line. Every now and then, George Lucas... <laughs> um, yes, yes, absolutely. But, yeah, it's absolutely right, and I feel like it's that, that bit of hope. It's that bit of going, I need to fight, not just for me, but I need to mm-hmm. fight for them, because they're the future, and I need to make sure that they're yeah. okay. And... Yeah. If Vader is here, then, I don't know, maybe they're not going to be okay. And then when he comes up out the other side and he really, oh man, he schooled him. <laughs> he schooled him. And you I know just what? love that. It, showed, it just showed that, because, you know, it's always been the thing that um, when it comes to the dark side, that hate is what gives them such power, you know, to the dark side, right? Mm. Users. But here is showing us that love probably gives it's it's not as fast as hate mm. it's harder it, to maintain it's harder to maintain and it's it takes longer for you to get there but when you get there that love that sentiment puts you such an imbalance with the force that it gives you that much strength mm. um i've just thought of a, a parallel to another movie um that i think works almost perfect did you ever watch monsters inc do you remember how like the screams power everything, mm-hmm. and then, then they figure laughter, out laughter, yes. and it's like yes. more powerful. It's like more powerful. Yeah. it's something like that, right? Where mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, just trying to love is probably going to be harder than trying to make a kid laugh. But um, like yes. yeah, it's obviously that that connects them to the force. It's it, they're part of the universe. When you are part of the dark side, you're trying to bend the force to your will. You're not letting mm-hmm. it guide you. So if the force. Yes. Whatever the Force wants, the Force gets. And Qui-Gon yeah. was great at letting himself become, like, be guided by the will of the Force. Mm-hmm. He said, that's what mm-hmm. the Jedi should be. We should be letting ourselves yeah. be guided and um, and doing the will of the Force, which the Jedi just weren't mm-hmm. doing at that point. Yeah. So seeing yeah. um, Yoda, um, sorry, not Yoda, seeing uh, Obi-Wan connect to that side of it and be immensely powerful was just phenomenal. And Andrastia says that Yoda says at one point uh, in the Clone Wars, he says the dark side isn't stronger than the light, but it's easier. I think he says it to Bane in season six. Yeah. Um, And it's true. You get power quicker. Mm -hmm. So if you don't Mm -hmm. have your ego in check, you are going to lose. It's that simple. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, I absolutely love that. This is why we think that, that this is why we see that that's an issue with the prequel um, with uh, Jedi Order. Because first of all, you know, obviously Palpatine is clouding everything because mm-hmm. of his manipulations. The dark side is around. Even Yoda says it. You know, I, the Yo- the dark side is clouding, everything. you know, everything around us and stuff. At this point, the Jedi Order was not really in tune in tune with the Force like that. Not in the way that Obi Wan ended up being in Episode Six. You know, where he. I think that that's another reason why he was able to get in tune with the Force like that. Because he didn't have those restrictions that he had in the Jedi mm. Order. Yeah, I you think know? you're absolutely right. And going back to like the Kanan conversation too, like it's very similar. Um, because he also to... didn't have that 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 restriction from you know a Jedi a Jedi Order. Yeah, and, and you see how powerful he gets. Like you see that when he tries to use the Force at the beginning, he struggles. It's such a struggle to get to use it. Obviously, because he has been disconnected. But I don't think I've ever seen Obi-Wan use the Force with such ease 
as when he did the whole rock thing. He didn't yeah. even have to go, uh, like, there was no, absolutely no struggle. He just thought it, and it happened. That, that was, was such a cool shot, too. Just the, Oh, my God. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, Super space man. Jesus Yeah, space <laughs> Jesus. Let's go. Um, yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. Like, that, um, I think it could potentially be argued as well that the Jedi of, like, the prequel era was somewhat trying to bend the Force to their will, too. Right? And I'm thinking about this now because I'm like, cool, yeah, the dark side is definitely doing that. But maybe the Jedi were doing that without even realizing it. Because they were like, hey, the yeah, Force they, should they, be they, this. This is how yes. it is. When realistically, yeah. you should be they guided by the Force. To it. Exactly. And that's where Qui-Gon had and his dif- differences thought, with the Council. Yes. They thought they were. Because listen, like one of the things that I fault the Jedi Order is that the Jedi Order, like we've said, like we just said before, was they have to serve everybody else. Right? That's what they're there for. Not only peacekeeping, but to serve others, no matter what. If they need you, they have to be there. Once they decided to get political and you know, and all that stuff, yeah. that took a back seat, which was completely wrong. Yeah. Because like let's say for example, when Mandalore was needed, when the Satine needed them, like when Satine was going through the whole thing with um, you know, Death Watch and stuff. Well, Mandalore's neutral, we go, can't help oh, them. Yes, we can help them. What do you mean? But that's that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. That that was I that right there showed that they had completely strayed from their mission. Yeah. From who they were supposed to be, you know? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um and like you said, yeah, it continuously shows in all the decisions that they make and um, I like to think also that in Revenge of the Sith, when Yoda jumps out of the thing into Bail Organa's uh, speeder, mm-hmm. and he goes, you know, into exile, I must go, failed, I have. I think that there's an element of, yeah, you failed because you didn't beat the Emperor, but also everything that you've been doing for the last 600 years, you got lost, and you failed, and you failed the Jedi Order, mm-hmm. um, because you should have definitely, been better. Yeah. Um. And which is why I'm interested to see a little bit more about him in the High Republic. In light of the Jedi, mm-hmm. it's actually really funny that he's like on hiatus. He's on holidays. Oh my god! And I was like, "Where is when Yoda?" You get, when you get to the last book, Midnight Midnight Horizon is one of my favorite books of all times. Oh no! I'm terrified. You brought up Yoda. You brought up Yoda. Oh my god, that book. Um, that I'm pumped. Book. Um, I think it was really clever to keep him out of the first story though, because it really let mm-hmm. you get engaged with his character. And man, yeah. Bell Zetafar, so cool. Loaded Great Soul, uh, Great Storm, I think his name was. He was Loaded awesome. Storm, I'm yeah. terrified to Bell try and find out what happens next to him, because um, obviously the first Loaded? book ended on a, on a cliffhanger. I have no idea where that goes. Um, yeah, not keep reading. You, you, it's, it's, oh, it's, no. it's, yeah, it's great. Storytelling for sure. Oh man, I'm so <laughs> yeah, so pumped. Yeah. Um, Adrastia said that she really wants to get into High Republic because they've only heard good things. You know my favorite thing about High Republic? No toxic fans. None of them. Every person in the High Republic loves it, and you have because uh, none of the toxic fans are reading it. <laughs> yeah, and you have like gender diversity, and you have like you know different uh, ethnicities and uh, like uh, preferences and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it is everything. I remember when they announced that they were doing the High Republic and people like geeks and gamers and stuff were like, this is stupid. They wrote diversity on the board three times. Like, oh, this is going to be stupid. And the this stories came out. fucking woke. amazing. It just... Listen, oh. oh my, I'm telling you, this era, and it's feeding me Force Lord like crazy. Mm. 
um, is the most beautiful thing. <laughs> reading how he portrays Ava Chris's connection to the Force, like so music, beautiful. Like the, yeah, oh um, yeah, guys. If you're not reading uh, the High Republic, you're missing out. And I'm saying that based on one book. Kari's read all of it, <laughs> and she's still firmly in the camp. Um, <laughs> there's a character in there called Elzar Man as well, who I find. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he gives me like. He gives me like Anakin vibes, like what Anakin wanted to be. Right in the nose. <laughs> yeah, and it feels <laughs> like good. had he been there at that time, it would have been okay. And yeah, I just. Um, no, man, you're gonna cheap. see. You're gonna see once you finish reading the high book, the High Republic. You're gonna be like, "What the fuck, prequel Jedi Order? What the <laughs> fuck did you do? Yeah, how did um, you mess it up so bad?" <laughs> yeah, Adrastia says she hates it when people weaponize diversity. Which, yeah, I agree. Oh yeah. Um, okay. and I've, I've talked about it a little bit too. Where, um, I'd be curious to get your insights on this because I feel like, like as Latin Americans, I never really felt like I lacked diversity. Like, I don't know what it was. I'm like I'm not incredibly dark-skinned or anything like that. So for me, when I saw, like, white men on screen, I still mm-hmm. relate to them, like, to a certain extent, right? But seeing how that has changed over the last couple of years gave me something that, like, I never knew I needed. And now I look at it and, you know, seeing my people take over, it's this mentality of, like, a, a switch flipped in my brain where I was like, I'm never taking this away from anyone ever. Everybody deserves to feel like this, yep, be it this based way. on their gender, be it based yeah. on their ethnicity. But I'm curious as to, did, did you ever feel like, did you always feel like you lacked um, representation on the screen? Or did you kind of, was that not something that happened with yourself? No, no, I, I think it was the same way with you. Like, it was never something that I thought about, mm. you know? Um, it, I was just like, it's, it's, I didn't know I was missing it until i saw like you said somebody that was like oh shit they're like yeah. latin they're like you know i, I feel like, like you know, um, it's a girl yeah you're absolutely right and i feel that like yeah because we kind of fit in this like space in between where you know like mm-hmm. latin americans have what european heritage and then we're in the americas mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. we're kind of a mix of everything so like even mm-hmm. when i watched like um or i see like films and stuff that are based like Filipino people where I'm like, I I can Mm -hmm. kind of see myself there. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everywhere I was, there was like a little bit of representation. Um, So I never really felt lacking. Um, But yeah, like you say, it's that I I think that the other thing that nowadays I don't like as much is going back and seeing the funny Mexican friend. Because that feels stereotypical to me. Where now I go back and I'm like, I love Luis in (laughs) Ant-Man. But I'm like, what is he outside of that? Yeah. And he, yeah. he isn't really Absolutely. much. And I'm like, okay, so this mm-hmm. is what we need to do better. So being able to see me <laughs> on screen being a badass, cutting people up with a lightsaber, I'm like, yes. bro, what? Yeah. It's crazy. He looks yeah, like no, three absolutely. of my uncles, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other part is like seeing the mentality change online with how much people are simping for Latino puppies. <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, I'm back, baby. One day, one day, (laughs) these people will find me attractive too. Yes. (laughs) The Um, space puppies. Oh my God. um, Yeah. So like, it's, it's insane. Um, And yeah, seeing how much people appreciate those characters, it 
it, it means a lot in, in a way that I didn't mm-hmm. uh, anticipate. Um, yeah. Joey in chat says he wants more Huang content. Do you remember Huang from Clone Wars? Oh, Huang, the, the, the droid? Yeah, who helped the, the Jedi make the, their the lightsaber, lightsaber guru? Um, I mean, we're getting him in Bad Batch too. In Bad Batch? You, you didn't see... Is he in the trailer? No. I didn't see him in the trailer. Yes! Hold you, the you, he's like a split second, yes. On the on the current trailer, not like the extended one. There was two that they released on Twitter. The one that they showed in the celebration and then just the general one. I don't know which one which which one he's in, but he's in there. Interesting. Um yep. I didn't see him in there, but I saw oh, one no, of those. No, 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 no. Is it no, I think it's Ahsoka. Ah, yes, that's what I was going to say, because I'm pretty sure I saw... I think it was in the Ahsoka one. So yeah. it's even better, because these are Vaidola then. Yeah, there's a, a live-action image of him going around the internet right now, which is beautiful. So, yeah. Um, so that means he survived even after uh, the Empire. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. He was one of my favorite characters, Unless too. And I love, um, I love David Tennant. So seeing him do the voice was yes. wicked. The oh only Emmy God, that Clone so Wars cool. ever won was for his performance. Are you serious? Yeah, he won an Emmy for it. And he didn't even go to the Emmys. Like, the Clone Wars guys were there. And they're like, oh, David Tennant won an Emmy for his performance. And they just shipped it to his house. <laughs> oh Crazy. my God, that is so funny. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, it was for best guest star in a TV series. Oh, that is um, so cool. Apparently, he's in it. Tales of the Jedi as well. Another series I'm ridiculously excited okay. for. Oh, my God. I am so excited for that. More Ahsoka so stories. i all these projects. Yes. Yeah. And we're in, Yeah. We're in a golden age of Star Wars that people are refusing to <laughs> kind of take on board. Dude, just enjoy, man. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. Yeah. I, it just... And again, it's like we were saying before, not everything's going to be for everyone, which is okay. For you. But like, which is fine. You can't just write off the whole series. Could. Yeah. Star you Wars will make something for you. And then I think yes, that absolutely. I don't like the way that people weaponize Star Wars against itself. You know, where people mm-hmm. are like, oh, Mandalorian is so much better than Kenobi. It's like, to you. Yeah, yeah. To you, it's to better. You, not only that, but it's two different things. Mm. They, they, compl- they're trying it's two to different do... stories. Very different. Yeah, like I've, I've always found, I even, I saw when some people were talking about things they didn't like about Mando, and they're like, well, it's not a connected enough story. And I'm like, for me, I like season one a bit more than season two, like very close. I'm talking like mm-hmm. 11 mm-hmm. and 10.9. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, um, the reason that I love season one so much is that I really enjoy the kind of storytelling where you just, week to week, your characters just grow and they get to experience the universe and you just get what some people are incorrectly referring to as filler, right? Because if you mm-hmm. think about the Mando storyline, it's basically, what, episode one and two, and maybe a little bit of episode three, and then from there, it's the finale. That's all you need. The other episodes yeah. are all just filler. They don't mean anything. But mm-hmm. they also mean so much. And that's what I love about Bad Batch too. You know, first episode and the last two episodes are the plot. But everything in between yeah. is the growth and the expanding of the universe. And the finale wouldn't work. That- if I yeah. just watched episode one and then episode, what, 14 and 15 or 15 and 16, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be the story that it is yeah. by having everything together. Not only that, but why wouldn't you enjoy story, just regular separate stories of what's yeah. going on in the galaxy? Everything else that's going on in the galaxy, we get to see more of it. You know? it's, the, it's the soups paradox. It's the I need the flashbacks. I need the, the cameos. The wow moment. Yeah. I need the wow and like, you don't time. need that all the time. Sometimes... You need a slow episode. Like, 
and it, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a bad thing to get character mm-hmm. development, um, which yeah. I think that these shows do really well. Like most of those in-between episodes, yeah. like The Village, the first Bryce Dallas Howard episode, where he's mm-hmm. coming to terms with, am I the right person? Like, mm-hmm. yes, I saved him, but like, what do I have to give this kid? I don't have anything for him. Yeah. All I have is danger. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it becomes really interesting and the story expands a lot more in the slower material and I think it's one of the the frustrating things about the reaction to Kenobi where you know I I said it too online I said like just gotta take it slow take a breather Mm -hmm. and just sit with it and try and consider what are they trying to do like what is the actual goal of this episode um, and most of the time you'll find that there's something a lot more in depth or beautiful that you didn't really consider the first time. Yeah. And I think that I that think... can be said with every piece of Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. I think, <laughs> I think these people just, a, a lot of these people with the complaints, they just wanted to see episode six. Yeah. That's it. That, that, that's all they would have wanted. Hmm. But then they would have got episode six. Let's say that's all we got. Like, let's say we made episode six an hour and said it was just a short film Oh, Vader found mm-hmm. Obi Wan. Go. People oh. would have been like, "But how did he get there? Why did he leave Tatooine? Like, what happened here? What happened there?" And it just—I feel for Lucasfilm at the moment because it seems like every way they go, they cop hate. You know, yeah. Force Awakens. It's too similar to Star Wars. Last Jedi. It's too different to Star Wars. It doesn't have enough nostalgia. Rise of Skywalker has too much nostalgia. It's nothing else. Um, mm-hmm. you have all of that and the same thing happens with shows too yeah like Mando comes out and some people are like I love it because it's different and some people go I don't love it because it's different like, like it's where really... is the, the, my, my familiar characters that Emily is like yeah. oh my god and I feel like with that in mind it's kind of like we should be pushing Lucasfilm to put out as much Star Wars content as possible because again not everything's going to be for everyone but the more mm-hmm. stuff they put out, the more opportunity you have to find something you're going to love. Yeah. And because you love yeah, something, absolutely. it doesn't diminish other people's enjoyment of everything else. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, I'm I'm ready for, like, what Ta- Taika said, that his movie's going to be just completely brand new. I am so here for it. Because every show, basically, that we've had so far has been connected somehow to the Skywalkers. Yeah. The Skywalker saga. Everything has come back somehow to the Skywalker saga. And I love it. But we are, we already have a lot of that. Yeah. Now I want something different now, moved yep. away from the Skywalker saga. I agree. Which is why I need now new stories of after the sequels. Like I need yeah. them to bring my new Jedi Order back and, and yeah. And I want to see like a thousand years in the future or a thousand years before. Yes. Like a hundred and fifty years, awesome. And I think the new High Republic book that's coming out in October yeah. actually is a hundred years earlier again. Yeah, even before. Yeah. Oh man, and that's this sick. High Republic stuff. And this High Republic, even Phase 1, has nothing to do with the Skywalkers. Yeah. Like, at all. Um, Only Yoda, that's it, but yeah. there's nothing connected yeah. with I think the Skywalkers. That... Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm always going to enjoy Skywalker Saga stories, because I love the characters. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I have been saying for years... Like, again, I was really excited for Ryan Johnson's trilogy of Star Wars films. Because, um, you know, mm-hmm. I connected with The Last Jedi, I enjoyed it. But also, mm-hmm. I went... He's one of my favourite directors outside of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. If he gets a trilogy of things, like you imagine the movie Knives Out, did you, did you watch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if that was oh, like really? the first of his trilogy in Star Wars films and it was just like a murder mystery in the universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Someone murdered this senator and we got to find out who the senator was. Or I don't know. It could have been anything like that. 
But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Adrastia says, I think Lucasfilm are pleasing themselves at the moment and just making stories they want to make. People are going to complain no matter what, so they may as well have fun with it, which, yeah, I think yeah. that that's fair. Um, I think that most of the people that are working on Star Wars are big Star Wars fans. So nobody is out here trying to ruin your life. <laughs> you know, yeah, to all absolutely. the people that are like, Star Wars is dead, it's ruined. It's like nobody's out here trying to make bad Star Wars. That's just the 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 fact. You know, no, one of my favorites. Oh, they need to respect what George Lucas, uh, George Lucas's vision. Mm. Where are they disrespecting? Is this is star like they're telling a story about space wizards and and space bounty hunters and mm. and a whole galaxy uh, full of you know crazy stuff. Like, yeah. how are they disrespecting it? You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, and for some people, like I saw on Twitter a little bit where they were like, "Oh, Disney." is just telling the story of the hero who's now like depressed and sad and i'm like you guys don't understand that that that's like a character archetype that doesn't have anything outside of just being that where else does the story go yes it would be great to see them just be peak all the time it would have been great to see luke skywalker come back and just do what obi-wan did to vader Mm -hmm. of course Mm -hmm. in my opinion he also committed one of the greatest feats of force ability ever seen in like the galaxy Mm -hmm. which is also impressive in its own right and showed how powerful he really was um Mm -hmm. but yeah i agree with you like i don't see the the disrespect um i see a bunch of creators who love this universe just trying to tell stories within it um i heard someone on tiktok complaining about how dave filoni brought back uh maul when it was george's idea (laughs) Um, yeah, and I, I know that, for example, um, like, obviously we're getting heaps of stories with Ahsoka that are, you know, Dave Filoni's stories, which Ahsoka came from George too. Like, I feel like they're honouring a lot of that stuff. And the stuff that Dave but Filoni's the, but doing... But the thing is that, but the thing is that Clone Wars, George worked in Clone, on, on yeah, that like, was along with it. That was, that was George, like, Dave and George's baby, yeah. you know? And so. I would say that, like, even Bad Batch, to a certain extent, would be coming from... Like, most... All of those stories were approved by him before the Disney takeover. Yeah. Um, yes. But, yeah, so I'd say that a lot of those ideas, like the Bad Batch ideas or where they go next, these are ideas that Dave Filoni has and has, you know, brought to life. And they've come originally mm-hmm. from George. He's, you know, he's the, mm-hmm. the prodigy. He, he was... Yeah. George wanted to replace him. Um mm-hmm. And so I love that he gets to tell stories in this universe in the way that we really like, too. And obviously yes. bring us back with characters that we enjoy constantly. I mm-hmm. find that, yeah, just really, really interesting. And the fact that he gets to do that is very good for him. Yes. No, absolutely. Do you I, ever I feel that. like you'd like to work on Star Wars? Oh, my God. I would love that. So let me ask you if, let's say you would get your dream job or your dream opportunity within Star Wars. What would that look like mm-hmm. for you? What would you be doing? Oh, man. Whew. What would I be doing? I think I would love to be um, helping with, like, setups. With, um, yeah. So, like, the building the stuff. sets? Yes, yes. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, oh, my God. I would love <clears throat> to be building stuff. Yeah. You know, getting to be, like, you know come up with concepts and, yeah. and and come up with like the new the new blaster or any new weapons yeah. or new ships and stuff like that i would love to do that and then i'm I, sure like the fangirl part of you yeah, yeah i feel like the fangirl part of you would also be like imagine that day that you're sitting in the office and they're like all right guys 
today we're rebuilding Tatooine. And you're just like, oh! <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, a little insane says she'd love to do, like, costume ideas. That'd be dope. Oh, that would be oh, so man. good. You could go crazy with the costumes. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, nobody stopped George when he started organizing Padme's wardrobe. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And still to this day, <laughs> you know, I like constantly late everywhere I go because my girlfriend spends ages getting ready. And she's gorgeous and wonderful and beautiful. But think about how Padme looks when she comes out of those rooms. How much time is this woman spending getting ready? Huh? Oh my God. Um, so, so much. And yeah, guys, if you're All in right. chat, tell us as well, like what you'd want to do in the Star Wars universe if yeah. you're working in it. Adrastia says she's an actress, so she'd actually want to be in it. Um, so cool i feel like i've always just wanted to be around (laughs) like i love (laughs) every time they do like the disney galleries and the behind the scenes i love that stuff i live for it audio commentaries on movies that's always my thing i love just hearing people talk about it and to just sit there and just watch it evolve around me would be amazing um but i've always wanted to get into like the filmmaking side of things so like i'd love to have a story that was told and put that to the screen um, be like writing and directing and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. but I also like the idea of like visual effects. Like imagine if yeah. you just like, I saw a girl on TikTok or Twitter who was like, oh, it's so crazy seeing my name in the credits of Kenobi. Look at that. This is the shot I worked on. And I'm like, that's your rock. <laughs> that that's so that cool. So cool. See, that's what I'm saying. Like I would, I would listen. I created the little teacup here that they put on the table there. Boom. My name is on the freaking Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you, you could make the most ridiculous things canon, you know? Like, on, you could have something, you know, that wall in Orobesh. You could put your name mm-hmm. in Orobesh. Yeah. Hey, Ari is now so a Jedi. She was part of the path. <laughs> I would so do that. I would have oh. put my name right there. I think people I actually put, I did. I would have put my name, yeah. Um, there's a girl on TikTok been... called Gingers mm-hmm. Are Plants. Do you follow her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she does... Um... The translation of all the Arabic. Yeah. yeah, and I think a bunch of them, she so said, there's cool. just random names, random initials. Yeah. Uh, a but little insane. See, what I would have done. Uh-huh. She says that uh, you could be the uh, Vader movement specialist. You could teach them how Vader oh. moves. <laughs> see, I love. I love that they know me. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, you? You know what? Yes, I would definitely be because that you know that there's a lady that did that, right? She yeah. Vader movement. I yeah. Would, um, I, would, I would. I would take that very personal. <laughs> I would take that very personal. <laughs> yeah um and yeah Adrastia says just being on the set and watching it happen would be enough for me like yeah if there was ever like an award that was like all right let's put through um you know the person who wins just gets to come and be on set every day for three months yeah, yeah. you know your phone goes away yeah, you can't I'll do it whatever water just... i'll bring i'll set up the, the the coffee table i whatever you know yeah i'll bring you your coffee every day just I, I don't yeah care. just to be there would be amazing just be there present that would yeah. be and that's where, like, um, so again, we're talking about like the Disney galleries and stuff, and they're always an hour long. And every time they finish, I'm like, "Fuck, <laughs> I want more. Where, where can I get more? There isn't more." But one thing that like Lord of the Rings did really well, um, mm-hmm. when you buy like the special edition DVDs, you have like you know disc one and disc two, but disc mm-hmm. three is like a documentary about the making of the film, and they're like three yeah. hours long as well. It was like three just some guy with a camera who was just in the background he's yeah. like hey hey so they're filming over there right now i'm gonna go over and he goes and films and he just it's just a documentary about the making all three films yeah. have it um and it's insane and i'm like i need stuff like that for star wars where somebody was the just prequels there. has that the prequels yeah they do DVD a little bit hey with the bonus thing? no yeah. every single they have 
hours and hours of bonus stuff. Like I bought the three DVDs for that. Yeah, and I you have... could sit a whole day and just watch all the bonus stuff on on all three movies. Yeah, I've got the complete saga on Blu-ray, and then I have mm -hmm. the original trilogy three times: twice on VHS and once on DVD. <laughs> and oh, then I have so all awesome. the steel books. And then out there on display in my theater room, I have the 4K set too. So like all of the special oh, features in that cool. as well, yeah. which I need to go back through again. You're right. Um, yeah. Cause there is heaps. Um, it's, the, it's just, yeah. So my, that's why my favorite back, um, um, BTS, uh, is the first season of the Mandalorian. So cool. Episode. He got so much into the lore. Um, especially Filoni, when he started when he started talking about what he thought about what the Force was, about Qui Gon, about oh my God, I was like enthralled. It was it was one of my, my he, um, favorite things. He single handedly that. moved Phantom Menace like three spots up my my ranking. <laughs> and it, with it's, that again, conversation, yeah, it comes back to that mentality of like, what is the deeper meaning? What else does it have to offer outside of just this? And I watched Phantom Menace now, and I watched it as a different film, and I'm like. And especially yeah. getting more yeah. Qui-Gon in the book separately, I think. Mm -hmm. Ah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The chat has a question for you, for us. They said, what okay. episode would you make if there was a What If Star Wars series? So whatever you want. It's not canon. So no limitations. <laughs> what would you make? Uh, Anakin not turning at all. <laughs> that would be like my words. Like, well, what if... Anakin had actually left the Jedi Order and was like, you know what? I'm going to go raise my kids with Padme. Did you and see the picture of Hayden and Vivian? Yes, I did. <laughs> my heart. And, and, then, and that's the thing. It's like, oh, this is how I would have been if Anakin would have just left and raised the, the twins with yeah. Padme. Yeah. Um, Adrastia says that she'd love to see Obi-Wan and Anakin leaving the Order together. Which I think has yeah, a lot of uh, really good story potential. Because um, yes. I think that they would both remain, they'd be, become better Jedi, just like Ahsoka did. Maybe the three of them just have like a uh, a business they run together and they just have a, a coffee business. shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Little Insane yeah. had a really cool one. She says, I low-key want to see what if Anakin died on Mustafa? No Vader. What do you think no would have happened? No Vader? I no Vader. Think... You know what? I think Palpatine wouldn't have ruled as as long as he did because Vader like helped him out a lot. Yeah. Even though he, even though Palpatine had all, uh, you know, according to the comic with the comics and stuff, he had all these different people still, you know, trying to replace Vader and everything. But there was nobody like Vader. There wasn't. Yeah. You know. Vader um, kept everything so much more in order. Yeah, I think. What also could potentially have happened is, like, obviously Yoda and Obi-Wan regrouped and they were like, we have to go away because we can't come back. But maybe they would have been, mm -hmm. like, a take two. They go back and fight him again. Um, or maybe it is something like a Jedi Fallen Order where they have a hologram and they go, we're going to try and rebuild the Jedi Order because we mm -hmm. won, you know, sort of. Yeah. But I suppose the downsides to that are Order 66 still happens. Palpatine still yeah. rises to power. So mm -hmm. how do you get him out of power without proving him right that the Jedi were trying to seize full control. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think that's a very interesting story. I, actually, you know what, thinking about it, because Vader was the one that killed, the one that killed Palpatine, so... Um, Who can do it? 
who would be able to do it? Uh, how maybe Palpatine wouldn't have would have still be reigning yeah. after all that. You know? The the Star Wars lawyer made a video um, where he was saying that Obi Wan kind of didn't have to go to Mustafa. Anakin would have come back and just hung out at home Padme. with Padme, yep, and he could have come yep. home, done whatever there, spoken to him, been like, "Brother, like it's okay, come back." And that we got put this. Padme in danger. Yeah. Yeah, and then they could have gone back and fought the Emperor together. You know, maybe all three of them: Yoda, um, Obi Wan, and Vader. It's like. Yeah. In their rush to put everything back to the order that they wanted, they failed. If they had um, waited just a minute, they probably would have been able to, to do something right about it. Um, what else have we got here? So, no Vader means no Enforcer. Would that mean that Padme still lives, or does she still die from a broken heart? I think that Padme... Like, this is if Vader died on Mustafa. Um, do you think they would have been able to save Padme, or do you think she still would have died? In my head, canon is that Palpatine siphoned uh, the life force. Life force into the, yeah. that's gonna always gonna be my like. It can't be that she just died of sadness, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that's just the what the the explanation that Obi Wan and you know Yoda had to give themselves because there was nothing else. Uh, yeah, because they didn't know what was going on with Palpatine. They were blind. So. In my mind, she definitely would have survived mm. if Anakin would have would have died in Mustafar. Yeah, I think. And imagine her just being able to raise the two kids and just mm-hmm. be okay. Though, she would have definitely got. Yeah. Mm. That, that raises an interesting question because Palpatine knew about Padme. Uh, yeah. That's so the then, thing. I think does she, he she start, still would have gone into hiding? Yeah. Does he start hunting Luke the way that Snoke hunted Ben, and plant the thoughts in his head? And then you have a story of like. Maybe Luke turns to the dark side and Leia has to bring him back. Whoa, we're writing a great Star Wars story right now. Yes, we are. (laughs) So, for you, your Star Wars story was Anakin lives. He doesn't turn. Mm -hmm. So then what does that look like? Is that at the point where he's like, uh, Palpatine reveals himself? And he's like, turns on the lightsaber. He's just like, done. (laughs) Gone. Delivers the body. Um, But then that creates a whole slew of other problems because nobody else knew that he was a Sith. You yeah. know, it was just Mace and Anakin in there. Mm. So, what would have happened, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I'm trying to think what mine would be. Because again, I think the easiest ones to jump to are, are those. Maybe one would have been like, what if Mole lived? <laughs> but he did. Um, yeah. <laughs> All I want is Solo to finish the story that it started telling. I feel like it should have got a trilogy. Like, I'm so sad that it didn't get that. Um, but yeah, mostly it would just I be wanted like, to see more Crimson, you know, yeah. freaking thing, and I want to see more Maul. Like, they're popping off in the comics right now. Yeah, like the current run is called Crimson Rain, and they're causing Darth Vader a lot oh, of yeah, problems. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. apparently Kira is even back. She's showing up and doing some stuff here and there, which, like... But I want to see them continue that in the movie. Yeah, I'm like, damn, man. I like, like Solo. Um, Adrastia says Obi Teen being happy would be amazing. Um, honestly, there's there's two things here. One is obviously Obi Wan had uh, some kind of relationship with Satine when he was younger. So maybe the What If series is he leaves the Jedi Order, and he just maybe he rules Mandalore with her, um, and then the Jedi have a better relationship with Mandalore because. You know, it's the union of a Mandalorian and a Jedi. Like, I don't know. There's a lot to tell there. 
The other one is. And then um, what happens then? What happens then? Does Qui Gon then? Anakin never happens. Yeah. Does he take another apprentice? Does he not? And then he sees Anakin and goes, "Well, I'm just going to take Anakin as my apprentice anyway. I don't really care. You're my apprentice now." No, but that's what I'm saying. There were, maybe there is no reason for him that he has to go to Tatooine. It like mm. none of that ever happens because Obi Wan was the catalyst. Yeah. It definitely would have like a, a uh, what's it called uh, flow down effect, and it would change the story. Mm-hmm. I feel like there could still be a lot of stuff. Like most of the missions that Qui Gon goes on could still be pretty similar. Um, and then it could still end up being the point where the Jedi Council like, hey, you're good at negotiating. Why don't you go and negotiate mm-hmm. this treaty at the start of the Phantom Menace? Yeah. And he well, could think, still end up there. No, no, no. It was still, I think it also happened because it was the will of the Force. Like, it, yeah. was, it was supposed to happen. You're right. And you know? Qui-Gon lets himself be guided by the will of the Force. So if the by Force the wanted him to find yeah. the Chosen One, he would have found him. He would have found him regardless. Yeah, yeah I think we're right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then another one is... Master and Apprentice kind of like hints at the fact that Qui-Gon had something really similar to Obi-Wan and Satine. And they don't go into yeah. a lot of detail about it. And I want another Qui-Gon book. Like he's he's my favorite Jedi right now. Um, I, I can't get over just how cool he is and how different he is from everybody else. He doesn't feel like boring yeah. Jedi. The Jedi are kind of boring, let's mm-hmm. be honest. <laughs> um, well, these... The High Republic Jedi. High Republic is Qui Gon feels like High Republic Jedi. That's what he feels like. I feel like if any person is experiencing the Force as music or something, it's Qui Gon. He he can Mm -hmm. see it. I mean, he has this connection that nobody else has. Um, Yeah. And so, I want more Qui Gon content, heaps more, and even another young Qui Gon Mm -hmm. book. Um, But it'd be really interesting to see what that was like. Who's this this person who? You know, um, maybe a similar scenario to Obi Wan. You know, had you said the word, mm-hmm. I would have left the Jedi Order. Maybe I there's something like that yeah. for Qui Gon. Um, to me, all Jedi go through that. All Jedi have that one special person. They, yeah, I, I think mean, you're right. It it, it makes sense, know. right? Like, it it's kind of the defining moment for them where they have to figure out what do I want, what am I going to bring to this galaxy, um, and I find uh, that really interesting. Midnight, um, Midnight Horizon. <laughs> It's gonna tackle that oh, topic. No. I'm, I'm ah, terrified. You're gonna love it. Um, oh, so you're then, gonna love it though. The the next question goes to like what we were saying before, basically. Where do we want Star Wars to go next? And I know you were saying that you want something kind of like a thousand years in the future, right? Your your new Jedi Order. Yeah, like so, I want something. Even even not even has to be that that far away. A continuation of a story from the sequels. You yeah. know how they're starting. They're gonna start this new Jedi Order. Who's going to be? Are they going to go, you know, looking for these other little Force-sensitive kids? Yeah. Uh, so they could start training them. Like, you know, yeah, what's going right. to Who's going to find be, Broom Boy. Who's going to be the new... Yes, the Broom Boy. Exactly what I was thinking. And who's going to be the big new bad, you know? Yeah. Who's going to be the new this new enemy mm. that's going to pop up? Um, Adrastia said that Qui-Gon would have been a favorite Jedi if we had more content. Um, well... I, again, that was him for me. And then I read uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, and he's in that book quite a bit, and he's really, really cool. And then obviously Master and Apprentice, he does a lot as well. But yeah, I definitely still feel like there's more stories to tell with him. I'm not, I'm not finished with him just yet. Oh, yeah. But with this, um, I think one thing that I like to talk about with Star Wars a lot is um, because it's peak cinema, um, it has been because mm-hmm. it's taken influence from everything else. You know, like it has... Mm-hmm fantasy elements it has sci-fi that's why it felt different or feeling very similar and i I made a video about this recently where i said you know like if you had creative control what would you make 
Um, mm -hmm. And I got a lot of um, really cool ideas from people because my mentality was like, not just what story, but like, how do you tell that story? Like, I think about mm -hmm. other films like, uh, like something obviously like Logan or like John Wick. Like, imagine a, mm -hmm. like a hitman in Star Wars, and mm -hmm. maybe his job is to take out Jedi. Maybe it's like a Cad Bane film, and it's like John yeah. Wick. It's just okay. All the bounty hunters are against Cad Bane, and he's to find a way to come out on top. Or any bounty hunter. Maybe it's a Boba Fett film yeah, that's yeah. similar, um, yeah. like the War of the Bounty Hunters comics. But there are so many different films that you have here that could fit within the Star Wars universe. It doesn't need to be. Jedi vs Sith always. We have mm -hmm. a universe where you could even do a, a story like... Did you ever watch the movie Silence? With Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver? No. So it's a Martin no. Scorsese film. And it's mm -hmm. uh, basically two priests from... Um, uh, I can't remember which... From Europe. I can't remember which country they're from. I think they're coming from Spain. Mm -hmm. um, but they are going to Japan... Because in Japan, mm -hmm. everybody is, like, Buddhist. And they have a very small Christian, um, like, collection of people. And they're trying to spread mm -hmm. the word of God in Japan. But mm -hmm. in Japan, mm -hmm. you know, it's feudal Japan. They're like, no, like, it's, it's Buddhism. And, you know, they're going to... I can't remember. I think it is Buddhism. It's my bad if it's not. But basically, you have these warlords that are like, I'm not accepting that. We're not accepting Christianity. So, like, imagine a story like that where you have, like, two Ronin Jedi going into a place where... There's no belief in the Force, no Jedi, it's just pure darkness, and they're just trying to show mm -hmm. people that there's mm -hmm. something else. You have a story like yeah. that that you could tell. Um, again, mm -hmm. you've got like your space stories like Interstellar. You could do mm -hmm. things where people have Force abilities that aren't necessarily Jedi. Maybe yeah. it's almost like a superhero story in that universe mm -hmm. where they do yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, there's so many different kinds of stories you could tell. I love the idea of a musical in Star Wars. Oh my god. Like... <laughs> yeah and you can do so much stuff it could be like a tragic story where um i don't know like did you read the book lost stars no i haven't read um, it yet. i've heard that one's really good it's also by claudia gray yeah. and it's like yeah, 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 yeah two kids who grew up and then they go to the opposite paths and they're in love and one's a rebel mm -hmm. and one's an empire emperor uh sorry mm -hmm. imperial and i'm uh -huh. like imagine that as like a musical like la la land uh, a little yeah, insane yeah. says a telenovela star wars <laughs> <laughs> oh no this is a whole telenovela already <laughs> yeah it literally is a hey, space opera um yeah so i feel like there's a lot of places for it to go and like i want to yeah. see not it just tell new stories but new kinds of stories and kinds of stories yeah yeah i think like, that I, that's... Told you, I think uh, um i brought it up in that video um that you said like because uh, my favorite movie of all time is the goonies yeah and i think that's what we're gonna get with um uh What's the show with the little kids? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Skeleton, no, the, the skeleton, the skeleton crew. Skeleton crew. That yeah. supposedly is a group of kids, and they go on this like you know weird adventure and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. Like so I'm like so excited for that one. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, fantastic as well. It, it can take influence from anything that's around. Like it's always been okay mm -hmm. for Star Wars to steal stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, the we just get to uh, basically put that in our universe and have a, a great time. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, I love that we're on the same page about the Kenobi series because it was an absolutely phenomenal watch for myself and gave mm -hmm. me a lot of emotions that I didn't know that I had internalized. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Um, and... No, it was definitely very emotional. And I, I, one of the things that I want to brought up about was Reva mm. and how, again, we see like I get I love that we got a simultaneous story with her as well with her arc and her path to 
redemption, I guess. And how it was Kenobi that basically was there at the end with her, giving her that, um, I guess, doing with her what he couldn't do with Anakin. Yeah. Um, uh, she could have gone the path of Anakin, and she didn't. She was able to, you know, fight it and turn away from it mm. instead of staying there. I did find her character, like, really interesting. I know obviously she copped a lot of hate online, but especially going back and watching again where some people were giving the mentality of, like, you know, bad actor, blah, blah. And I'm going back and watching mm-hmm. it, and I'm like, she was acting in the, in the show. Like, in-universe, she was acting as something that she wasn't, which I find really interesting. Um, yeah. And I think that was a Not cool only thing that, that she did. was young. Yeah. She was... She, she was baby even, like, now that we... A little... Yeah. Like she would have been what, acting 19 like in, in the series? 19, yeah, like a 19 in, in in that universe. She's acting like a 19-year-old little rebellious, you know, Anakin. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny Basically. that whenever you hold a mirror up to somebody, and it's like, like, I don't like them, they're annoying. I'm like, you know who else was annoying? Luke Skywalker. <laughs> also, all of that. I mean, they're all the same age at this yeah. time. Like, when Luke was 19... That's how he acted. Anakin was 19. That's how he acted. Reva's 19. That's how she's acting. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, there's a lot of um of great story that's still available there too. And space between. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if they did a show for Reva that was like a prequel, and it was just showing her how does she become an Inquisitor? How does she work her way up to become the third sister? Mm-hmm. And then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw how she became Grand Inquisitor. That's cool. But I'd love to see yeah. everything else before then and before? see how she got there. I think that could be yeah. really interesting and have a lot of like tension too where you're going yeah at which point did vader know did he know straight away or did he find out and i think that even though mm-hmm. we know the end story there's still a lot of tension that we can work with there where she's trying to be sneaky and we're trying to figure out yeah. okay at which point is she now just playing into vader's palm playing and not doing yeah. her own thing um yeah. Adrastia said she's not a bad actor have you guys seen queen's gambit she's amazing in that Yes, she's so um, great. I haven't seen all of Queen's Gambit. I've seen about half of it. But yeah, I didn't feel like um, she was a bad actor. I felt like there were specific choices, and now I understand those choices more based on the complete yeah. story. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, dude, her performance in, in, in the end, at the ending, when she just was crying and you could see the pain, and oh my God, that, that got me so emotional. And I love the conflict she, we see when she's like, because my mentality is... I don't think that Luke would have been the first kid that she killed. But I think mm-hmm. that there would have been some amount of like rage or something that she she wouldn't have cared. I, I'm doing mm-hmm. it because it's a means to an end. But when she was mm-hmm. going to kill Luke, it wasn't a means to an end. She's never going to get back to Vader. What was she actually going to gain by mm-hmm. killing Luke? And then you get to internalize that and consider, what yeah, what does that mean for me? What am I if now I'm just killing kids for the sake of killing kids? Before killing I was doing kids, yeah. it because I needed to get up. And it doesn't make it right, but yeah, no, no, no. Like she needed to show that you know, um, um, I'm with the cause. I'm with you people. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. She would have been killed if she didn't do that. So I, I can definitely understand her character a lot more. And yeah, I found that she she even had some parallels a little bit to like Mole in that sense where. She kind of was constantly pushing the the rock up the hill, and she's just getting mm-hmm. nowhere. Um, yeah. yeah, and I loved that. And I, I thought that very tunnel vision, like more. Yeah, you know. And I love seeing visually how she sees herself in Luke when she goes to um, mm-hmm. like kill him. Um, and I'm just like, oh, yep, 
yeah, no, nah, she's not going to do that. Obviously, we yeah. knew he was going to survive. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I think that there was a, a lot of uh, discussion about how, like, there's no stakes in this series because we know where every character ends up. And I go, yes, but also, like, understanding how they get there and answering questions we had is really interesting, too. So, like, yes, we know Luke's going to survive, right? But, I don't know, why does Obi-Wan not go anywhere near Luke for, like, years and years and years between there? Like, mm -hmm. Owen, at the end, seems like he understands Obi-Wan, he respects him for going, look, I'm not coming back, I'm not doing this, I'm going to leave it mm -hmm. as is. But also, um, you, you start to understand why he's not around that much anymore. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it comes down to the fact that he brought danger to Luke, and Obi-Wan now understands that. Before, he's like, I'm protecting Luke, but now he's like, no... I'm kind of putting him in yeah. in danger, so I need to find a way to um, to not do that. And how do I do that? Is I stay, yeah. I stay away. I let I him live his life. And... I let him be a boy. That's what he needs. Also, that you know, we see him that he's gonna go train even more now with Qui Gon and stuff. So yeah, you know, probably you know, in his mind, his also was like, let me go get even stronger. So when the time comes that if Luke needs it, I'm going to be even more ready. Yeah, it's like, him. um, it's a, he has five years to become the person he is in Rebels, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, exactly. and obviously to learn how to become one with the Force. You know, there was a Clone Wars arc in Season 6 where Yoda goes to learn the path and mm -hmm. understand how to mm -hmm. become one with the Force. And yeah. I would love to see Obi-Wan take that journey. Ah, I would love to see the wills and all that thing stuff brought to, like, you know, live action. Oh my god, that would that would be so cool. Like more force stuff. I need more force stuff. Yeah. Like not just fighting, but if Obi Wan no. the story continued as a show, would you be okay with him leaving Tatooine again? Oh, you cut it. Would. Ah, yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. I would. I would. Yeah, I think because that I agree. To, I think, like I said, he needs to go. Uh, if he's trying to train himself to be even more stronger in the force and more, learn more of the force he has to go find stuff to you know to you know to to learn and stuff and it's not just going to be in tatooine yeah and i find that like i think where they've left him in the series it's at a place where like again he understands that luke is well protected and mm -hmm. that he doesn't need obi-wan right now there will be a time where maybe i'll be needed mm -hmm. again or, or we'll we'll make that call but realistically he just mm -hmm. needs to live his life so it's okay for me to live mine mm -hmm. um at least what's left of it um yeah. i want to see obi-wan achieve the living force um yeah so i think that seeing him take that same journey that um that yoda took would be awesome honestly mm -hmm. i don't think it would break canon to have obi-wan visit yoda on dagobah i don't think it would i don't think it would because no, there's no mention of yoda not saying like I haven't seen Obi Wan in forever. Like he never brought yeah. up Obi in that way. And you know, Obi Wan knows where Yoda is, right? Like, and mm -hmm. I don't remember in Episode Three them having that conversation or anything. But like, still, but maybe it was implied. Okay, he yeah. says I'm gonna go. He he does say that he's gonna go into exile. Maybe off camera they had the conversation like, oh, I'm gonna go to Dagobah or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that it could absolutely be implied that he knows where he is. But I think that, yeah. Especially if Obi-Wan's in hiding, it, it makes sense for him to move around a lot.
Sorry, that just cut out um, quickly. We're back live, though. Um, it's okay. It's not bad, because we're kind of uh, getting into the point where we'll wrap up in a few minutes anyway. Um, but, yeah, we were talking about... Adrastius says perhaps he goes to Dagobah and continues learning and talking with Qui-Gon, which I think could be really cool. Oh, hold on one second. Apparently, we can't hear your voice at all. Uh, there oh. we go. Keep talking. All right. There we go. No, I'm ah. saying that, that, that that's exactly what I'm saying. I want to see more Force stuff in live action. And I hopefully, maybe Ahsoka will give us that. Yeah. World, in, world in between worlds. You know, more of the mystic. I want to see more of the mystical stuff in live yeah. action. Yeah, I you agree. Um, and yeah, I think that particularly the world between worlds presents uh, a lot of visuals that we haven't seen before. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. And I want to see what they're, if they're planning to do anything big with that. Yeah. Because then you see in the Ahsoka, for the Ahsoka posters and stuff, it shows the, yeah. the thing, right? For yeah. the world between worlds. So it's like... Maybe that's how they find Ezra. Maybe they, they, they find another portal, they go in there and they use that to go, all right, let's see. I need Ooh. to find Ezra. Let's let the Force guide me and find Ezra. And they see him, they communicate, and they're like, wait there, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> Little shake, don't move. <laughs> you know what I kind of love? I know that, like, Ezra is currently, like, you know... He's just obviously existing somewhere. We don't know where he is. Mm -hmm. I love this mm -hmm. idea that, like, maybe he's gone to, like, a black hole or something and he's lived a really long time and he's aged. Mm -hmm. I do like the idea of the guy that they were saying they've cast as Ezra. But, like, imagine they go to find him and he's wearing his hood backwards and maybe it parallels Luke in The Last Jedi and he pulls down his hood yeah. and it's grey hair and he turns around and maybe he's blind or he has scars or something, but it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I've been waiting... 150 years. 100, yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Bring him back and he's like, oh, he's young again or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe there's a way that, that way or maybe it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I like this idea that they find Ezra and it's not too late, but like, we, it, it gives us more questions to go, hold on. They didn't just find him a couple years later and he's okay. Like, no, mm -hmm. he lived a whole lifetime while you were gone. Mm -hmm. What stories could he possibly have to tell? Um, mm -hmm. and then we do a show about that. <laughs> bring Ezra in deep space. More yeah. <laughs> deep space. And I'm really interested Ezra. to see them bring Thrawn into live action as well. I think that's going to be really cool. Oh yeah. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order scratches that itch a little bit, but for real, I want to see stuff like that in live action. Yeah, I feel bad because I constantly talk about how I think animation and comics and books deserve the same respect as like live action stuff, mm -hmm. but they just, there is something yeah. about seeing it in live action that just, it's really, really cool. No, of um, course, the book's bring amazing, but would I not love to see High Republic stuff being brought into live action? What? Yeah. Show me the, the, the beautiful so river song that Ava Chris sees, you know? Yeah. I want to see that. Do you know what I'd love to see in live action is a drift of Jedi Starfighters? I remember when I was reading that in the book, and they talk about how, you yes. know, they all have the connected mind, and I was like, Oh, oh, and Ava Chris is sitting they don't, on the. They're not even flying on the yeah. thing because she's the one that's She's sitting there and she's just bridged their minds like oh. this. And I'm just like, oh, that is so cool. And then you get the perspective of the captain and he just kind of walks in the room and she's just floating. And he's like, yeah. Well, that's pretty standard. Oh, okay. He just keeps walking. <laughs> and that's the thing that they don't have navigation systems in their ships because mm. the force. Yeah. They use the force to net to, to fly. What? So Are you kidding me? Requels didn't have that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think that that's going to be a good place to start wrapping up. Kari, what do you think? Mm 
Um, I need to actually have myself a proper breakfast at some point because I wake up oh and jump God, straight on yes, these streets. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I want to obviously say thank you for coming on and having a chat with me. We got two and oh, a half really solid hours. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, thank you for having me. Yeah, I hope that you'd like to come back again sometime as well and chat with me and, and Kiki too. anytime. I, oh, anytime. Now with all these other shows coming up and everything. Yeah, I think no, Andor. Always. We're going to have a lot to talk about when <gasps> Andor comes out. Because I think, honestly, it looks like they've even shot stuff in, like, Latin America. Like, I know they shot stuff yeah. on location, but, like, mm-hmm. we're about to take over. <laughs> um, Adrastia says, oh, yeah. like, in Squadrons. Never mind, I thought you said Drift. Haha. <laughs> yeah, so, um, they're, when the Jedi Starfighters are connected together, they're known as a Drift of Starfighters. It's a really, really cool concept. Um, and, yeah, they do it in Light of the Jedi pretty early on in the book. Um, but, yeah, yeah essentially, yeah, yeah. they have a Jedi on, like, the bridge of the ship. And she casts a feeling out through the Force and connects all the Jedi that are out there in their Starfighters, um, and they bridge their minds, so it's basically like one sentient hive mind, and they all fly in perfect sync, you and they talk about how it's a sight like nobody has ever seen before watching a Jedi drift fly, and I'm like, live action. I want to see it. I Let's see it. Yes. Um, it'd oh be dope. Um, but yeah, coming back to yeah. it, obviously, yeah, I'm more than happy to have you come back and talk um, uh, Andor and stuff with <laughs> us in a few weeks as well, if you'd be down for it. Um, but oh, yeah, thank you so much for coming and having a chat. I really, really appreciate you coming on. No, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me and wanting to have <laughs> me on and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, anytime. Wonderful. Uh, I'm, I'm so game to come and talk well, anytime. Guys, if you uh, aren't following Kari just yet, like I said, she's one of my favorite content creators for a few reasons. One, uh, of course, she's Latina, just like me. Well, I'm Latino, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, But it's great to obviously find other content creators that are very similar to you in terms of the love that you have for the series and just, like, being similar um, in terms of upbringing and all this kind of stuff. It's so cool. So if you guys um, love that kind of stuff, obviously go and follow Kari, please, on all of her social medias. They're just up here if you haven't seen. But Kari, did you just want to tell people where they could find you one more time? Sure. Um, TikTok and uh, Twitter, you can get me at StarWarsTia. And for Instagram, it's Kari Skywalker. Beautiful. Um, And for myself, obviously, guys, uh, obviously my info is up here as well. Most of you are hopefully here for me anyway. Um, But if you haven't, obviously, yeah, I'm out on TikTok at OnSecondThought as well, just with uh, underscores in between. Um, And I do lots of stupid videos. And currently, I'm in a phase where I'm simping about Asajj Ventress nonstop. So if you enjoy (laughs) that, come and simp along with me. Um, Thank you so much, everybody, for coming and hanging out a little bit. We're going to be back uh, next week. Um, I think we're going to be back on Saturday rather than Friday. Um, but I'm organizing a special guest for that one as well. You guys have seen them before. So, uh, hopefully, uh, you enjoy that. Um, thank you very much again, everybody for coming and hanging out. We will see you.